kind and I care about people a lot. Um, probably one of my big goals in life is to try to hug the world. I want to hug the whole world and squeeze the hate out of it and try to make it a little nicer out there. Wow, what a nice message from Clint's new girlfriend. <laughs> Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. This is Luke Rudowski here of thebestpoliticalshow.com. Strap yourselves in as, of course, the next two hours are going to be bananas and absolutely insane, just like our current political discourse and the latest news, which, of course, is developing between Tucker Carlson and Ben Shapiro that look like that they're going out it in a no-holds-bar intellectual battle that we will be breaking down in this podcast. There's also a lot of different news coming out of New York City, a lot of different news coming from the migrant crisis. There was allegedly a major event that happened in upstate New York as Congress is literally stealing money left and right from the American taxpayer and the stock market as well. We are going to be talking about that plus a lot more with some really incredible, amazing people in studio today, as, of course, the conversation is here on thebestpoliticalshow.com, where you could also participate in that conversation by becoming a member of lukeunfiltered.com and by becoming a member of lukeunfiltered.com. By the way, we now have $8 a month memberships available for people who sign up, and when you do, you get the ability to call in to the show as of course, we will be taking callers specifically at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. So if you're a member of LukeUnfiltered.com or if you're signing up to LukeUnfiltered.com, just make sure to check the Telegram channel and I will be talking to you guys during the show. We will be hand-selecting members to call in and then you guys get to ask us whatever you want. Another way that you could participate is by going to MySuperChat.com and you could ask us any question. Your questions through MySuperChat.com com will actually appear on the screen as of course you could also super chat you could also rumble rant and we will make sure to be uh, aware of all the super chats we will be reading it during the show as we cover all the latest news joining us to talk about all the latest news numerology and a bunch of other stuff uh, deep down the rabbit hole spiritual stuff as well is of course no one other than drew tang drew for the people who don't know you you were just on the beanie man show who are you and how would you introduce yourself Hey guys, uh, yep, I'm uh, Drew Tang Reborn on Twitter, and uh, I think the the best way to sum up my uh, profession is uh, information trafficker. I think that's uh, that's generally the value I bring is collecting valuable and uh, esoteric information and then distributing it the best I can. Um, but yeah, no, a lot of my research I I focus on predictive programming and kind of you know general conspiracy theory stuff, and my main um, I just uh, printed my first book. I've got my second one coming out uh, this month. But uh, my primary content is threads on Twitter. So, yeah, that's uh, if you want to check out some of my work, that's where you find it. Awesome. Clint is here. He has a new girlfriend. He's very happy, right? Yeah, she's just trying to hug the hate out of the world, Luke, you know? She's a good gal. I can't wait to get back home to her. Uh, <laughs> Glenn Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown, co-host of the best political show, and uh, also Tower Gang. But uh, I might add that our entire catalog of podcasts is now uploaded. If you listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find a podcast addict, just search the best political show. 
hit subscribe, and then download all of them. You can get all 30-plus episodes we've done so far, including our very first episode with Larry Sinclair, where we talked about the unspeakable things that he did to Barack <laughs> Obama. Uh, do not miss it. And, uh, yeah, thank you. I miss you guys. Clint is really going to squeeze he, her, him. Steph, Can't how are wait. you? Can't wait. I'm doing great. Hello, everyone. This is Steph of We Are Change. Excited for the conversation today. Awesome. We already got our first super chat from Based Joe saying thank you for the $8 Joe scription. I'm poor. Well, thank you, Based Joe. We look forward to you potentially calling in and being a part of the conversation 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Again, we got a lot of really exciting things happening here on this particular podcast as this month, 2024, we are starting off with a banger. We are going to have some really incredible people here. Tom Woods, James O'Keefe, Ben Stewart, Zuby, all confirmed in a studio, as well as Vivek Ramaswamy, as we are going to be embedding with his campaign in Iowa in just a few days from now. So stay tuned for live shows on the ground in Iowa with some other incredible individuals coming here to Miami. So we have a lot of things in store for you here at thebestpoliticalshow.com. We created that URL because we actually mean it. Now, let's get into the first story, and that, of course, is... The e-drama happening between Tucker Carlson and Ben Shapiro, as of course there is a lot of arguments specifically about amongst U.S. foreign policy, specifically with Tucker Carlson launching the first shots against Ben Shapiro and automatically, without even hearing some of the arguments here, I don't know about you guys, but personally I'm like, Team Tuck Tuck, right all the way, <laughs> right away. I don't even care what the argument is. I don't care if they're talking about the Easter Bunny. Automatically, I'll, I'll, I, I'm, I'm biased. I want to explain my bias. Tucker Carlson all the way. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I already know the context, so I already know that I'm going to be on Tucker's side. But yes, uh, Tucker Carlson has been on the right side of this of this narrative. And I'll, I'll allow for us to play some of the video before I dive deep. But or, do you have a bias here? I, you know, I'm not too familiar uh, with the specific controversy going on right now. I'm sure okay. they're just fighting over, you know, whether we should, you know, continue to send billions of dollars to a, you know, our greatest ally, quote unquote. Exactly. But um, I have been really impressed by Tucker. He, you know, going from just a mainstream news host to how quickly he caught up with what's actually going on, yep. um, especially, you know, with UFO alien topic and, um and like he, I think he's hiding his power level too. I think he knows like even more than what he's letting on so far. So yeah, I'll definitely. Uh, would I'll take uh, Tucker over Ben any day. That's for sure. But maybe maybe his sister. I might I might take his sister. Oh, over. His, his sister. His sister's pretty hot. Yeah. Uh, but ben Shapiro's sister. Uh, wow. Uh, I'll just leave. I'll just leave respectfully. That. Respectfully. Respectfully. Yeah. Absolutely. Nothing but respects here. Uh, yeah. So much respect for Abby. It's it's almost indescribable. Absolutely. Let's hear the, the shots fired from Tucker Carlson that, of course, launched his arguments against Ben Shapiro in this video. So I, I don't really care, but I, I did think it showed, like, the level of not just corruption, which I knew, but of, like, emotional instability and craziness. I mean, there are people, and I stopped reading any of it, but there are people on the right who have spent the last two months every single day focused on a conflict in a foreign country as our own country becomes dangerously unstable on the brink of financial collapse with tens of millions of people who shouldn't be here in the country. We don't know their identities or the purpose of their being here. Like stuff that could destroy the country for real and make it impossible for my kids to live here. They've said nothing about that and they're focused with laser intensity on foreign conflicts. And I'm like, at some point, I've got four kids. If I'm so 
caught up in the problems of my neighbor's children and completely ignoring my own children as they get addicted to drugs and kill themselves, you know, I'm not against helping my neighbor's kids, but clearly I don't love my kids. I mean, right. that's, that's, you know, that's the only logical conclusion, and they don't care about the country at all. And that's, you know, that's kind of their prerogative, but I do because I have no choice because I'm from here. My family's been here hundreds of years. I plan to stay here. Like, I, I'm shocked by how little they care about the country, and including the person you mentioned. And I, I can't imagine how someone like that could get an audience of people who claim to care about America because he doesn't, obviously. Right. Right. Well, he doesn't. I mean, he, he's talking about in kind of generalized terms here. Everyone here kind of concluded, yeah, he's talking about Ben Shapiro of The Daily Wire, one of the biggest right wing independent media outlets out there um, that, of course, a lot of people are questioning their kind of uh, allegiance as they have put out a lot of particular arguments and policies that are more favorable towards a foreign country rather than the country that we are in right now. And I think Tucker's points here are, are solid. And I think he, he tried to save face here. I don't think he, tr he tried to, to create any drama. He tried to keep it vague. But uh, I think he also knew what he was doing deep down with these particular comments that did hit deep against Ben Shapiro, who also, of course, responded. There's still a little bit more of this video. Anything else you guys want to say before then? No, let's go ahead. Well, I mean, Tucker, we've seen it too on free speech. I mean, people who built become multimillionaires, who've you know made entire careers, who've you know be, literally became famous, you know, on this very reason. I know you've spoken about this previously, but it's very important to our audience as well. Is that you know standing up for free speech rights of people you do disagree with is just, is probably the most important exercise, and we've yes. seen some of that come for American citizens on Palestine. How do you work through this too when we're both under such immense pressure, even social pressure, of like how could you support this? Um, you know, take maybe the context of. Of the university presidents. We've got billionaires like right. Bill Ackman, um, who's there. I'm curious what you make of this. My assessment is they're upset that they're not included as marginalized within the DEI regime. They claim to be against. Now, it, it, are these fair arguments that, that Tucker Carlson is making here? Well, I'll be honest, in my opinion, I'm biased here. Yeah, I, I think those are fair criticisms to make here, as, of course, there's a lot of really bad things happening here in the United States as American politicians and media pundits are more concerned about financially sustaining and prolonging a conflict in the Middle East that doesn't benefit the people of Israel, doesn't benefit the people of the United States, and absolutely puts this country and its soldiers and its interest at danger. That's my perspective. What do you guys think? Well, my, my whole issue with this is that the DEI framework has been in academia for very seriously for at least a decade now and, and much longer than that. And my, my problem with the recent outrage cycle is that while heterosexual white people were being demonized in academia consistently for well over a decade now, it only became an issue when the Jewish community realized that they were not a protected class that was protected under the DEI framework. And that's what disturbs me about it is like I oppose DEI, period. I don't I think that it's a it's a toxic worldview and it ought to be abolished immediately. And it certainly shouldn't be getting mandated at the federal level, which it is ever since 2011 with Barack Obama's executive order. Most people aren't even familiar with that. It's true. You can look it up. Uh, so that's that's what rubs me the wrong way. I like, yeah, it's not cool to have people that hate other people based off of their religion or race or gender or any of that but why why did you not care until 60 days ago why 
Well, some some of the people uh, make the argument that they weren't aware of it, and that this situation made them more uh, more uh, aware of it than they previously were beforehand. Sure. That they didn't know that they had their heads in the sand, and they didn't see it as an issue until their people and their issue, which they're more sensitive about, got of course uh, uh, directly affected by something. And 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 you know, I think that's also a fair argument to make here. As long as it's not affecting you, people kind of just look the other way. Let's oh, it's just just you know, it's just white people. It's it's totally fine right. until. <laughs> that same kind of hatred machine vector that is turned on in these higher institutions of learnings turns on other people then and only then do they start caring about this larger institution that previously they were cheerleading for because they were going after uh, you know people that weren't them well this is what drives me crazy is though you have all these these very wealthy donors you've seen Ackman and these other people on Twitter that are flipping out about it and I'm like you guys have been sending how much money to these institutions? How much money, and, and you didn't look into it at all? I'm sorry, but I just don't buy that. Now, if some of them, I'm sure, weren't fully privy, but it doesn't change the fact that they're not targeting the root cause. They're still not concerned about all of the anti-white rhetoric that exists in academia, Harvard, all of the higher uh, you know, institutions of learning, as Luke described it. That's my frustration. If, if, uh, I, would, I would believe that they were sincere if they were actually saying, we're not going to stand by while you put hiring criteria on the person who's going to replace President Gay. We're not going to have you say, we're going to hire a, a woman minority candidate. None of that's flying anymore. We are hiring based off of merit. We're going back to the American fundamental ideal of meritocracy. If a black woman happens to be the best candidate, she gets the job. That's how it works. No more litmus tests. No more checking boxes. That's that's my issue. But we all know a woke tard is going to come in and take her place. That's going to be way worse than she was before. <laughs> uh, we got uh, uh, mysuperchat.com from laneboy63 saying, okay, but are the streams on Spotify going to have video or no? Would be cool if they did. We got we to work on that. Uh, yes, Clint is the podcast guy. We got yep. another uh, super chat by Alan Tanis saying, F. Ben... Alan, Alan, Alan said it. Uh, I don't know who Alan is, but... Uh, He's very passionate. Yes, uh, I, I could absolutely see that. But let, let's turn the conversation back at, at Ben Shapiro, as, of course, we have news articles like this talking about how Tucker Carlson is questioning how much Ben Shapiro cares about America. Is that a fair criticism to make of Ben Shapiro? Again, I'm biased here. I've been critical of, of Ben Shapiro. I think it is fair. I think the conversation that Tucker Carlson is starting here is an important one. And we have Ben Shapiro, who, of course, had his rebuttal, which is a little bit longer of a video. So you guys feel free to interrupt during the show when this uh, when this goes off. Go for it, Drew. Do you have any, I mean, oh. any thoughts so far? Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to say I think the most interesting thing about the most recent, you know, uh, obviously Israeli controversy is how it splits the normal voting and like political demographics, mm -hmm. where traditionally you'd have like the Fuentes alt-right sector being the only ones actually, you know, criticizing Zionism. Mm -hmm. And now you have, and to, to some regard, the BLM types did always support Palestine, but what they're now realizing is how much Zionist power centers what type of influence they have over the media. And suddenly they're the ones being called anti-Semitic on the news and they're starting to understand, you know, the power structure and how things actually run, which is, I think is, is interesting compared to normally there's a very split, you know, you know, which side the right's going to be and which side the left's going to be yep. and the alt-right and the far left are never in agreement on anything. But now you have Fuentes and, 
and you know BLM aggressive uh, you know violent protesters being on effectively the same side. That is it is odd bedfellows, and I think that I've also noticed with the whole calendar gate fiasco is that there's also this like Christian fundamentalist aspect in the right that really runs afoul of libertarian ideals of this kind of live and let live mentality as long as you're not hurting others. Um, so yeah, I think that we're we're all realizing that <laughs> there's still many differences between the camps. We're not all the same. We're not all peas in the pod. As of course, there's a lot of political bifurcation during this election cycle that might be deliberately being played upon a lot of people in order to kind of sow more chaos and division. Here are the comments by Ben Shapiro. It's a little bit long, so you guys feel free to cut in uh, whenever you guys want, if you guys have anything to respond to when he uh, gives his rebuttal. Tucker, by the way, then continued along these lines. He did an interview with Vivek Ramaswamy, and he likened what just happened in Israel, the, the kidnapping of women, and they're, I mean, he's showing video of this happening, like as he's talking about this. He compared that to drug overdose deaths in the United States. Now, I, I believe we should fully care about the 100,000 drug overdose deaths that happened in the United States. These are two completely different issues. To, to go this far afield to link the issues, you're, the only reason you're doing this is because you wish to downplay the atrocity that just happened in Israel. Pause it. You're not upplaying. This is, this is, has been a, uh, this moral equivalency argument has been made consistently when we're talking about the Israel-Palestine conflict, as if if you care about the innocents dying in Palestine, then somehow that means you don't care as much as uh, about the innocents that died in Israel on October 7th. It's just, it's just so absurd. It's such a, a logical fallacy. And let me also add, the real critique that Tucker's levying is that we have to have priorities, that we can't do everything. We can't remedy all ills all across the planet. His real argument is being made that we need to focus on our domestic issues. America first. I'm sure Ben Shapiro has said America first quite a few times over the past six years. I think that this is hard evidence that in reality, he doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe in America first. And this is why he's being called out by Tucker. This is why he's responding with such vitriol is that his card got, got pulled. Like that's the truth. You have an allegiance to someone else. That's fine. But just be honest about it. Yeah. And I think that's the real issue. Yeah, I don't think Trump, uh, I don't think Tucker is trying to compare uh, drug overdoses all. to what happened on that attack in Israel. I don't, I don't think there, there even is a fair comparison. He's just literally saying, hey, as a country, we got to have our priorities straight. And that's why I agree more with Tucker Carlson. Let's hear more from uh, Ben. The atrocity of what's happening on America's streets, those are two different types of atrocities. People who are addicted to fentanyl, sticking needles in their arms and overdosing is a, is a, is a moral blight. It is a moral atrocity and a moral evil for people to kidnap women, them and drag them back to the Gaza border. Those are not the same thing. And Tucker knows that. But this is a cheap way of, of telling you not to look. Don't look. Stop caring. Because after all, what does it matter? What now, now, that's definitely a, a little bit of an extrapolation here. As, of course, See. Tucker Tucker never said don't care. And you could see a lot of kind of emotional, manipulative kind of language being used here. Uh, of course, talking about some graphic, horrible situations that obviously no one uh, in, in alternative media is trying to kind of condone. There's there are some crazy people that are, sure. uh, to, to be completely fair and honest, but that's not Tucker Carlson. So when, when it comes to this kind of response, I think it's a little bit disingenuous personally well, it's, myself. It's just a total straw man of Tucker's position. That's not that's not what he's saying at all. The only way that Ben can possibly win this argument is to just flip out and be emotional about it. And and the reality is that they have different priorities. Ben is very interested in protecting Israel. God bless. That's your priority. 
Tucker is interested in salvaging what's rest, what's left of America. That's his priority. That doesn't mean that he doesn't care about your issues. It means that his priority is him and his family and his country. You can't get mad at him about that. That's I'm sorry. That's totally inappropriate. And this is why I'm, you know, as Luke described, I'm on Team Tuck Tuck. Yeah, and I think the other thing I just say about what Ben was talking about is, you know, he frames the fentanyl crisis as, you know, people only people who are addicted to heroin or, you know, injecting stuff are getting killed by fentanyl, but actually it's, you know, it's being cut with everything. Every any kind of street drug you could get um could possibly be cut with fentanyl, so it's it's not like, you know, it's just all heroin addicts that yeah. are and, and, and let's be honest, it's probably the CIA bringing it in just like they did crack cocaine and they introduced it into the black communities and also the poor communities uh, just a few decades ago that they were never held responsible for. So I, I'm, I'm sidetracking here. Let's continue on with Ben's comments because we have three minutes and 45 minutes more of them. What does it matter? Now, again, I, I don't know who thinks that that's a sophisticated point of view, especially when nobody is calling for America to go to war with Iran. The entire Ooh. purpose of having an aircraft carrier in the Mediterranean is just... Is Lies, just, yes. Uh, bull crap. But Lindsey, Graham Lindsey Graham is literally saying, bomb Iran now. <laughs> Again, uh, absolute... Wait, uh, did he mention aircraft carriers, though? He did not. Oh, which, no. which, by the okay. way, we have aircraft carriers that are sitting in the Black Sea. So it's like, yeah, this is very dangerous. This is an escalatory trap that we're in. Yeah, the United States sent them to the, the region, specifically where the Houthis are. As the Houthis said, hey, any kind of Israeli or American uh, um, boat here will be targeted and attack. And there's a lot of scuttlebutt that the, the, the British and the Americans, as well as one other European Western country, are actually getting prepared to launch an offensive strike in Yemen against the Houthis that are more aligned with the Iranians. So we are seeing a kind of proxy war, proxy battle, uh, and we are seeing a lot of media pundits, a lot of politicians saying, we got to go and attack Iran immediately. And luckily, those calls are being laughed at and not taken seriously. As, uh, of course, everyone is saying that the, this kind of policy is sociopathic. It's absolutely insane. Because it is. A couple of years ago, they would have gotten away with it. They can't get away with it now. And uh, Ben Shapiro is not correct here. Let's continue well, on. Just one other thing. I just say, hopefully they don't run a USS Liberty uh, type incident there, which I'd highly recommend everybody uh, Google if you're interested yeah. in yeah. the nature of our relationship. Or, or the Lusitania. Or yeah. some people would say the Titanic. Or Gulf and Tonkin. Or, you know, the Spanish, the USS Maine. Um, there's, there's a long history of a lot of boat attacks I, that I, have... Uh, you know, Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah, Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah. I just, I actually just read about this last night. Uh, I was finishing up, it doesn't matter, but I was finishing up a book and, and it was the lead up to World War One. I. I think it was, uh, God, I can't remember the name of the boat. But anyways, they, they put it in the water knowing that the Germans would ultimately attack it. Uh, this was even before the Lusitania. Uh, so this is, this is a, like a tried and tested false flag mechanism or at least provoking your enemies so that they then attack so that then you have uh costus belly to to get involved there are many people in the military industrial complex as well as our government that very much want there to be a wider war the american people by and large do not want that so my my concern is that we have all of these bases syria uh, still, I'm sure we still have some troops in Afghanistan, maybe not. Iraq, there's a whole whole litany, and they are being attacked right now. Iraq and Syria. Why, did we ever have a war with Syria? Did I miss it? Uh, no, you didn't miss it. But we had CIA uh, backing of the moderate rebels over there, that, which we then just established base, uh, bases in a sovereign nation with no congressional authority to do so, and now we face 
the potential for losing American troops there. And if that happens, you know what comes next. If American troops die at the hands of Syria or Iran directly or any of Iranian proxies, the Houthis in Yemen, it's on. It's on. And this is very serious. And this is why Ben's argumentation is totally f flawed. To put it mildly, especially during an election year where um, the establishment is looking for an out uh, when they're losing their their greatest uh, politician puppet skin suit that they desperately <laughs> want to have in office. Let's continue on with uh, Ben's comments to avoid that. But here, here is Tucker playing. I don't even know the game he's playing. This is just a dumb. It's a dumb game. But you don't have to look far in the United States for moral outrages also on video. And there's not a city in this country, not just the big cities, but cities of 10,000 people. I was in one yesterday that doesn't have some constellation of drug addicted young people living outside. We call them the homeless. They're drug addicts. And they're addicted to drugs that were imported across. An What's open that border, have to do with the price of tea in China? I don't understand. More than 100,000 a year. Now, you can call it genocide. You can call it whatever you want, but it's the death of over 100,000 Americans a year and the living death of millions of Well, you can't call it genocide. It's not outside. genocide. So sure. I, I don't understand. Sorry, people who are addicted people to are drugs and living outside. In Israel. And again, I, I want to add my voice to that because I'm a human being. But oh, sure you do. The you sound very outraged. The outrage among Republican presidential candidates was so much more intense. One of them took to a bullhorn and started yelling about it. I get it. But no one would think to do that about the yeah. 100,000 American young people murdered every year. and they Because who are you yelling at? Who are you yelling at? First of all, people are on bullhorns yelling about drug overdoses and the open border all the time, all the time. What is he even talking about? What he's attempting to do is minimize what happened in Israel. He's not attempting to maximize what happened in the United States. He's attempting to minimize as though America can't walk and chew gum, morally speaking, at the same time, which is absurd. And those two things are nothing alike. I'm sorry, that is not alike. It is not alike. For drug smugglers to smuggle drugs over the border, which someone then takes and shoves into their arm and then they dive in overdose. That is not the same thing. Ben, uh, big mad. <laughs> uh, and, and, and then clearly you, you could see he, he's very emotionally invested in, in, in a lot of this. Clearly you could see his 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 feelings care more about the actual facts of this situation as of course the opioid epidemic the fentanyl epidemic number one has all the freaking hallmarks of intel involvement but more importantly there's even a larger conspiracy at play here especially when you look at the involvement of big pharma that bought off regulators TV advertisements and doctors and essentially drugged this entire nation and led them to the point where we are a country of addicts, especially in middle America. If you have traveled throughout this country, you still see the horrendous effects of the opioid epidemic that was wrecked havoc on the American middle class and blue collar workers that have destroyed them to the point where many of these people are on the streets are willingly trying to use fentanyl, are willingly trying to, of course, use whatever drugs they can because they became drug addicts because of the system and the establishment that put them on those drugs, that lied to them, that abused their positions of power and screwed people over. This is a real issue. This should be an issue of concern. This should be some retribution here and... There's not. There's people sweeping it under a rug. It's just, it's just crazy people using drugs. No, it's not. It is not. The, the, epid, uh, the, uh, the, the opioid epidemic is far more sinister and has the fingerprints of government bureaucrats and regulators every step of the way when it comes to destroying this country from the inside, which it has done in many ways successfully. Well, not just that, but the lockdowns of 2020, if you look at the uptick in drug addiction, overdoses, suicides, everything, 
it all goes parabolic right after you have the lockdowns because it, it just sucked the purpose out of people's lives. And Shapiro and Tucker, I might add, don't talk about this enough. They don't talk about what are we going to do to investigate the origin? What are we going to do to investigate Fauci's involvement? Do you have anything to say about that? I think that their priorities are off on this. Even even Tucker, if he cares so much about the, the drug issues, I think we need to get to the root causes of this. And it's, it's multifaceted. But here's what offends me the most. And this is going to get me in trouble. And I don't care. Sorry, female audience. Plug your ears. He's arguing like a woman. He's arguing very, in a very feminine fashion. And it's so insulting because he's approaching it from, you know, this like this bombastic masculine, we must, you know, destroy the terrorist type of mentality, this kind of neoconservative rhetoric. You're a fraud, bro. You sound like a lady. It's like it's like you you come home and you find out that your your wife's been cheating and she's like, well, you didn't take out the trash. And you're like, and then then you go like, you trying to moral equivalency this? Like it's just, it's just so it's so detached from the reality of the situation. And I don't think that he can actually deal with Tucker's direct arguments because he knows he doesn't have a leg to stand on. That's my opinion. I would disagree with you because Candace Owens really laid out some really serious arguments against Ben Shapiro. And, and she was she, arguing like a man. She's a bona fide woman. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, Has she gotten fired yet? Is she? Uh, no, I, I don't think she got fired, but there was That's a impressive. lot of drama. There was a lot of internal issues and arguments, especially when Ben, during a, a public event uh, essentially shot, uh, uh, you know, essentially attacked Candace for her stance on this issue, and then uh, Ben Shapiro publicly attacked her. And, uh, and and again, also on that argument, this is why I'm biased uh, because uh, Ben Shapiro has been wrong on a lot of things. Jordan Peterson has been wrong on a lot of things, and very interestingly, these are also the same individuals, Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson, that told people to take a rushed experimental, uh, you know. Um, can't say it here on YouTube, but uh, but a couple years ago, they weren't making good logical arguments, especially when it came to big pharma abusing their positions of power. And uh, I, I would say Ben missing the big pharma kind of corruption when it comes to this uh, fentanyl opioid epidemic is is something that, of course, uh, should be made aware of since that that abuse there, what happened there is absolutely totally criminal uh, from top down of our government abusing their positions of power. We got some super chats here, one from based Joe saying, I trust Ben Shapiro as much as Hunter Biden when it comes to allegiance to America. We got another super chat here from Jake Moore saying, I live in Iowa, missed when Vivek came to my area. What will be your schedule of stops? Also feeling... Um, Feelings get pretty important to Shapiro when it's Israel. Yes, Jake, I, I kind of agree with that criticism. And our stops in Iowa are still not announced. When I know them, I will, of course, announce them on twitter.com forward slash Luke. We are changed. We got another super chat here from Lee J. Funk saying, speaking on why Ben Shapiro doesn't want us to grow our own gas, please. Henry Ford ran every car on Michigan's hemp ethanol until 1937. I don't know what that specific issue is personally myself. Um, I blame Shapiro too, though. I get it. Yes, yes, totally. Henry uh, Ford would not be in favor of Ben Shapiro, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Ford had some very interesting writings, um, as, of course, uh, a lot of the American establishment base, including even the Bushes, uh, Margaret Sanger, the Rockefellers, and the Velheim Institute 
all supported some German guy with a funny mustache in the 1930s. Um, but we'll talk about that on Rumble specifically. I'm trying to see if we have any other Streamlabs here. We got one from Stinky Sock420. Great username saying, watching Ben squeal over these last few months has been such great entertainment. <laughs> shout out, Luke. Shout out, Clint. Shout out, Tower Gang. We are changed. Yo. Stinky Sock420. Thank you so much for that. Uh, MySuperChat.com. We still got a little bit more of Ben's um, uh, hyperbolic emotional language to, to go through. I promise you it is not the same thing as a terrorist breaking into your home and murdering your children in their beds in front of you and dragging your wife off to be in Gaza. That is not the same thing. Pretending that it is is a moral, it's a moral blight. It's idiocy. It's just moral stupidity at the highest level. It's not. Of course, we should that. care about what happens with fentanyl. Of course, we should care about all, we should close our border. Have I been unclear about this? Of course, America should have closed borders when it comes to this sort of stuff. I'm on the same side as Tucker on that. I just don't understand why he's not on my side when it comes to Hamas has to be wiped off the face of the earth. <laughs> what exactly is the counter argument? It, oh my God. In any case, this sort of moral sophistication is predicated on, on only one of a few possible hypotheses. The most dark and, and terrible is the possibility that people just don't give a damn when Jews get killed by terrorists. I'm not accusing Tucker of that. I'm not accusing Whitlock of that. In fact, I'm not even accusing the AOCs of the world of that. Although I think she's closer to the border considering the only tweet she has sent in this entire ridiculous situation is a tweet finding one Jew in New York saying a bad thing that the Israeli government does not even carry forth. That's the, the only thing she's seen fit to tweet about this. Um, the, I'm not accusing all these people of that. What I am accusing them of is a moral blindness that must be caused by a complete flattening of the cultural landscape a flat, in which everybody thinks the same way that they that we do and that every problem can be solved in the same way what? and uh, and that it is it is of no consequence whether evil walks the earth because all problems are basically that's what realism truly is well that, that's not realistic that's stupid those are not the same thing again when it comes to policy questions about what should be done in the middle east that is a question of prudence it's a question of pragmatism it's a question of american interests which again are not always identical with israeli interests when it comes to comparing the 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 Holocaust level evil we just saw in Kfar Aza with people overdosing on the streets of Philadelphia. Um, I have some, I have some moral questions. I do. All right. How about, how about a moral question? Are the people that unfortunately were murdered in October, were they Americans? Cause that, that is actually like really, I think some of them were. Actually. Yeah, some yeah. Were. Well, yeah. But like what two last Not I looked sure. up, Anyways, so if we're gonna go to if we're gonna go to war for that, then make that argument. Make that argument. But the the fact that you want to to try and basically emotionally browbeat Tucker into I agree with you on the border, so you have to agree with me on this too. That's 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 equally irrational. Why would I have to agree with you just because we agree on A doesn't mean we have to agree on B? That's nonsense. And it's really, as I said earlier, it's just about priorities. Tucker is actually an America first guy, and you're not, Ben. So please stop lying about it. And what what is the argument? Do you want us to fund Israel? Do you want us to actually go to war against Iran or Hamas or Hezbollah? Like what what is the what is the ask? Or do you just need Tucker to dutifully propagandize his audience into your worldview? Because it sounds like that's actually what you want. You want Tucker to be a mouthpiece for your own cause. You don't share the same cause. Sorry. That's the truth. Yeah, I think I think what I take uh, 
the biggest problem with there is that I, well, what's interesting is Ben like just says the quiet part out loud where he's like, Oh, we want complete destruction of Hamas, which is like, you know, what they actually want is to carpet bomb all of Gaza and then build, you know, they want to colonize it. They want to move in and take all the land and kick everybody else who was in there previously out, which would be, which would be definitional ethnic cleansing. And, and if you're not on board with that, then he's got some real moral questions for you. Mm hmm. You're the one that has doubtful morals because you don't want to ethnically cleanse God's fascinating, a fascinating mm -hmm. inversion of reality. I think that's what in, like insults me the most about this is like you like I, I don't appreciate or respect at all what Hamas did. But I also don't appreciate or respect the response where you have thousands of innocent children that perished. So can I am I allowed to? Or is my moral framework now in doubt yeah. because I actually care on both sides? I, I think there's also a lot of toxic voices in this entire discourse that are absolutely horrible on both sides, uh, not just uh, either from the Israeli side or the Palestinian side. There's a lot of dumb takes here. Um, and, and I think the take that, um, you know, Tucker is trying to take the, the, the take that I'm trying to take here is, hey, uh, we should preserve all life. We should try to avoid war. We should try to deescalate this situation. We should try to have political solutions and not solutions that involved in conflict and death and perpetuate this larger conflict of terror inside of the Middle East that, of course, the United States is also clandestinely funding. Uh, I, I think that's been the most frustrating aspect of all of this, as, of course, the, the meme representing the missile flying at each other from Israel and Palestine representing missiles that were paid for by American tax dollars is a perfect meme as it highlights the larger frustration that I personally have with this matter and a lot of people's kind of emotional response to this. And when it comes to war, truth is the first casualty of it. And there's a lot of dumb voices out there. There's a lot of idiots out there who aren't prioritizing human life. And I don't care what side you're on. I don't care if you're on the Palestinian side or on the Israeli side. As soon as you start pushing a dehumanist agenda, as soon as you start calling for more war, more conflict, I think you already lost. You don't have my support. I don't care what side you, you are on. We need more rational, critical thinking and evaluation here. And uh, sadly, there's a lot of division. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of idiots out there. And uh, for me, hey, just stop. Just stop with the nonsense. Can we please stop? No. We can't because of people's emotions getting the best of them. And sadly, um, conversations get more confusing and, um, and, and, and nasty. And um, to me, that's, that's another shame here. This constant angling to make it so that if you don't support a all-out wipeout of the Palestinians brings your morality into doubt. I just think that's so repugnant. I really do. And I don't know how they make that argument or how Ben in particular makes that argument without even like a moment of consideration. You know, it's like, like, yeah, like after 9-11, if, if they were to go and flatten Iraq and I were to actually stand up and go, I think that that's probably not the best idea. You know, there's millions of innocent people that are involved here. Would, would my morals, like in hindsight, it's very easy to see in hindsight, would my morals, would I have been the wrong person, would I have been in the wrong morally? The answer is clearly no. And I think in hindsight, we will look back on this on this period and those that were calling for peace and de-escalation will once again be on the right side of history while everyone in modern times will be pointing at us and saying how on the wrong side of history we are. Basically, I'm just encouraging the audience, stand strong. Your moral principles are intact, contrary to what he has to say. <laughs>
And it definitely looks like this conflict is going to be expanding, especially after the targeted strikes that happened in Beirut, Lebanon, just a few hours ago that went after Hamas leadership, as well as the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, announcing that there are going to be, quote, many more months of war ahead of us. Now, the reason that, that I think this is absolutely problematic is because I think Benjamin Netanyahu understands that his political career is at risk here as soon as this conflict is over. If you remember, there's been a lot of protest against Benjamin Netanyahu. If you remember, there's been a lot of Israelis who are not happy with his political leadership. And according to many Israeli pundits and political analysts, they are saying that as soon as this conflict is over, Benjamin Netanyahu will have to deal with a political ramification of people kicking him out of power. So this is why I would say we should question the larger kind of agenda and motives here, as of course, if, if you know your political career is over, if this war is over, why wouldn't you just prolong it and expand it? Because of course, there's also a lot of things that Benjamin Netanyahu says that are... Uh, very eye-opening, especially when it comes to him talking about religious prophecies and the larger kind of biblical understanding of this conflict and where it's going. What do you guys think? Is my assessment wrong, or do you think uh, it's it's not right enough? I, I think that uh, bringing up Netanyahu and, and the opposition that the people of Israel have against him is it kind of connects the big pharma issue and, and Zionism. Because Netanyahu literally said, oh, we turned Israel into like a Pfizer laboratory because Israel was the first one to get everything. They were first ones to get boosted. That's where all of our early data was coming out of, which was, oh, it's not nearly as effective as we thought. And, oh, um, we're going to need boosters, boosters, Wasn't boosters. Wasn't it like nearly 100% of the population, too? Yeah, and they were very strict with um, with passports and stuff like that, making it mandatory. Right. So that is uh, that kind of connects the two issues, you know, well, and pharma's yeah, attacking it, everyone. Well, and he's not... It, Surprisingly, he's actually not being investigated for that. He was in, being investigated for uh, basically rolling the judici judiciary into the uh, governmental position and kind of tying those two together. A lot of people think that what he's doing is you know, tyrannical, and he was facing not minor, massive protests just prior to Hamas's invasion. There's, there's lots of questions that still need uh, to be answered in terms of what transpired. Why was there this stand down? You had... Uh, uh, the the general I, I'm blanking on his name. He came out a couple days ago. Flynn. So, yeah, Flynn. Uh, you know, which by the way I think is kind of kooky on a bunch of things. But on this, we tend to agree that we need answers here. Like what what actually what actually occurred here? And and it seems as if the everyone's doing the same thing we did right at, right after 9/11. I'm sorry, I have to keep going back to it, but it's really pertinent. Is that any questions that were asked in the aftermath of 9/11? You weren't a patriot. You, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. It's like, no, no, no. That's when you have to ask, ask these questions. When bombs are falling, there is no better time to be going, hey, should these bombs be falling? Should they? Because until we actually know who's responsible in full, I don't think that's a reasonable outlook. Well, I think there's also a lot of criticism of Benjamin Netanyahu because of his kind of policy towards the Palestinians, uh, essentially kind of propping up Hamas as well. And I think there's a lot of fair criticism when it comes to his political leadership that, uh, according to some political analysts, have led to this situation where now we have a bunch of radicalized, crazy individuals, a part of Hamas, going after civilians and hurting innocent people uh, during this attack that they just launched against uh, the country of, of Israel. So there, there's a lot of uh, Israelis that are really not happy with Benjamin Netanyahu. I think those voices absolutely matter. There's a lot of Palestinians 
Palestinians that are not happy with the political leadership of Hamas. I think those voices matter. And I think the, the voices of the innocent people caught up in this madness should be the ones that we should be prioritizing, that we should be talking about, and not these other insane woke people like Claudia Gay. As, of course, now we have the breaking news that just hours ago, the Harvard president resigned essentially being the shortest tenure in university history as she is officially resigning over claims of plagiarism and her, of course, disastrous anti-Semitism testimony in front of Congress. As, of course, she is saying that she is now a victim of racism as she fails to apologize. Should she apologize? What do you guys think? I think overall we were questioning on the show why why wasn't she uh, axed a long time ago? Now she is, after more scandals have come out, should she apologize, yes or no? Well, she shouldn't apologize for her testimony in Congress. She shouldn't really apologize even for the the plagiarism. What I would like for her to apologize for is Harvard breaking the minds of the most, the, the best and brightest of the next generation. That's what I would like an apology for. I just think she's got like top tier D, uh, D you know, um, diversity and inclusion stats, not only being a black woman, but... I mean, the last name gay. She's like, <laughs> is she actually gay though? Is she is she straight? I'm not sure. I'm but not sure. Regardless, the name is also like adds a layer of protection. I think so. Well, she was. I'm impressed that she resigned. They must have really uh, been going hard at her. So, but, but in her letter explaining her resignation, the very last line racism that she was dealing with and i was like oh goodness gracious <laughs> yeah she's not she's not racist she's just really dumb <laughs> and, and her comments uh, in, in front of congress were really dumb and it, it just shows you how the left plays in such an unfair way because they will they will say we've got to get rid of free speech we can't have people saying bad things about people and hurting their feelings and then when it becomes convenient and they actually go out there and say a lot of crazy radicalized nonsense, they're saying, but we need free speech. <laughs> we got to stand behind free speech. And I'm like, you, you can't have it this way. As, of course, our position here on this show is that you should have free speech regardless of what your political expression is. And it, it, it's pretty fair that she was a high priestess of the woke mind virus that has essentially taken over a lot of young people's minds and... So, so much division and chaos and, and so much self-hatred and so much just animosity towards each other that she does deserve to be called out for being a horrible president. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but I can't take her arguments when it comes to standing behind the First Amendment when she was against it before, seriously, myself. Yeah, it's just I don't I don't like the victory laps because the truth is it's almost certainly going she's going to be replaced with someone who does exactly what she was doing, but doing it more quietly. This is like until you actually have like a, an ideological awakening or, or rebellion, nothing changes. The DEI framework still stands. The ESG framework still stands. These people are figureheads. They're placeholders. They don't they don't really matter in the grand scheme of things until the donors say we want DEI gone. We want meritocracy back until they say that none of this really matters. It's all kind of window dressing. Yeah, it's, I think we, we see this pattern over and over again where if one of their puppets gets a little too much heat, like, say, a Cuomo, actually both Cuomos, you know, when they get caught, you know, having his brother on CNN to distract people while he murders thousands of elderly people in the, <laughs> in the uh, retirement homes. Allegedly. Then he goes he goes down for sexual harassment, which of course holds no, like, yep. you know, actual legal repercussions. Meanwhile, now nobody talks about... 
the real reason why he had to be removed because you know he murdered all these people. Allegedly. But, yeah. but but he's Italian. He's just hugging people. He's, yeah, he's As, not course, perverted. He's he, just Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just because he, he cops a feel on, 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 on everyone, doesn't he make him? That's literally what was his uh, argument as he released a video saying, hey, I touch people inappropriately all the time. <laughs> and <then> they don't <laughs> complain. And I'm like, dude, like, uh, how is he going down for this? Again, I, it was it was a little bit ridiculous, especially with the actions that he committed with the nursing homes in 2020. That was vicious. That was atrocious. That was uh, akin to, to manslaughter, in my own personal opinion. And uh, for him not to be held accountable for that, but to be held accountable uh, for, uh, you know, you know, touch it. I mean, that was just bewildering, uh, a bewildering situation that mm -hmm. absolutely had a lot more to it than we were privy to, as there was a lot of kind of internal politics to the point where uh, there's there's definitely something shady. There's he definitely crossed someone in, in a high position of power. He definitely wasn't willing to play ball, and I think that's why they took uh, Como out. Yeah, I mean, if he if he wasn't going to get pushed out for what happened with the the elderly homes, then why why? By the way, I just quick tangent. I really respect the Italian defense. That's that's hysterical to me. I, I love the fact that you would even attempt that. Like the audacity. You know that you come from a long lineage of untouchable politicians. If you're like, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm Italian. And that's that's it. That's the explanation. Incredible. But but think about how successful that has been. That they they have totally reframed this and reformulated the entire American dialogue about this issue. No one even talks about what he did during the COVID mm -hmm. era. It's all about how he's a sexual harasser who defended himself by saying he's Italian. And that's it. That's the end of the story. It's wild. Yeah. And just that pattern, you know, it repeats even, you know, when someone gets too hot, then they just replace him and basically keep doing the same thing. You know, he was replaced by what? Hochul? Kathy Hochul? Kathy is that Hochul. Yeah. And then we had Beetlejuice in Chicago. She gets finally voted out. And who they replace it with, this new guy's Johnson or whatever, is even worse. Who's... You know, he's like, oh, don't call them riots. They're just large gathering of the youth looting gas stations. <laughs> now, who's, who, attacking who's going to take over president's gay position? I say Dylan Mulvaney. I want <laughs> Dylan Mulvaney. I nominate you to become the next president of Harvard. You are the president that the Harvard students absolutely deserve. What would be Dylan Mulvaney's first action as president of Harvard? Uh, Bud Light in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> Bud Light in, uh, I, I can't say it. We are still on YouTube. Family-friendly show here. We will not be going there, of course, in the first but hour. To, to the point that Drew was making about how, you know, you you essentially get hemmed up on a thing that you really shouldn't, but then the thing that you're really guilty of, you don't. Look at Fauci. Look at Fauci. Mm, like, I was just going to say. If, yeah. if he gets hemmed up, it'll almost certainly be perjuring himself in front of Congress. Now, what did he perjure himself about, though? I'm not even allowed to say it on YouTube, so I won't. But I think we all know what he actually perjured himself about and the origin and all that. So that's that's the issue. That's what I want to see people go down for. I don't want to see this window dressing, wrist slapping nonsense. I want the corruption actually addressed. And this is what's so frustrating about the whole Epstein stuff is like, even if they release these flight logs, which are allegedly coming out within hours, what I'm concerned about is the fact that there was surveillance footage 
that the FBI knew about it, that they gave Epstein a sweetheart deal, that he allowed to, he was allowed to run this operation for decades, that he his untimely passing while in federal well, prison. Well, we're, we're going to get into that story uh, specifically on uh, <laughs> Rumble, where we can, as I heard you were kind of skirting the line here on YouTube. We've got another super chat here by Based Joe saying, I talk with my P... N I S, Andrew Como. End quote. Um, he's Italian. Yeah, he's just he's just an Italian guy. So thank you, based Joe, for that very uh, rich super chat. We definitely um, uh, appreciate it. As of course, that's that's literally one of the arguments that they were making. Uh, as far as what what is happening with the story of the decade, I have my own theories about that. I released that theory on uh, today's YouTube video, but I think it's it's not what a lot of people think it is. I think there's also some deeper things happening behind the scenes that essentially could represent a larger democratic internal establishment war between the Obamas and the Clintons. I'll get into that in just a little bit as of course before we move over to Rumble I wanted to cover another story and that is a full report on politicians and their stock trades that happened in 2023 as of course it looks like every year since 2020 U.S. politicians have beat out the market Wow, how did they do this? How did members of Congress who are privy to information that the general public is not privy to, how did they beat the stock market when it came to the trades that they made? Clint, do you have any ideas how they could potentially do this? Uh, I assume that before running for Congress, they all went to Wharton School of Business and became very, very high-level stock traders. Or they're all criminals that should be put in prison for the rest of your life. I, you decide. I don't know which. I think this ties in directly to what we were saying before, you know, giving a false reason or, or you know, coming up with some minor crime to right. take down people. Like Nancy Pelosi was under tons and tons of heat about not only her stock trading, but her husband had just gotten in a drunk driving crash mm. and when he was hammered. And then now if you Google Nancy Pelosi's husband hammered, you get a completely different story. <laughs> so, and that was, of course, uh, right before the election, or yeah, it was right before midterms, I believe. Yes. Um, so it was a very convenient That's story. Hilarious. Regardless of you know anything else, it's it's similar with uh, Taylor Swift jet. She was getting a bunch of she. I think she has the largest private jet or something like that. It's some ridiculous amount, like some ridiculous sized jet that's. Like people were um, saying, oh, climate change, climate change. And then, then she starts dating the guy in the jets or on the jets. And now when you Google. Uh, he's a, he's on the Chiefs, jet. though. With the guy she's dating? Kelsey, yeah. Oh, Travis really? Kelsey. Oh, okay, Chiefs. never mind. Then I guess it's completely irrelevant. <laughs> he's also a great advertiser for Big Pharma, which I don't, think is, a, I don't think is an accident here. I uh, think that's how he got hooked up with Taylor. With probably, Tay -Tay. probably. Which, by the way, Pfizer. If I get Taylor Swift, call me. Uh, I will push. I will push whatever product you desire. Yeah, yeah. Clint loves needles and loves um, <laughs> loves getting poked. If if you know what I mean here. But these stats here, these numbers um, showing the percentages of these politicians and how much gains they had in comparison to the SPY is uh, pretty big. It, it, it's pretty daunting. How many years? How many? What, what years was that study? This is from um, was it five Congress years? versus SPY in twenty twenty three. Showing uh, specifically Brian Higgins with specifically 238.9% uh, 
in the black positive returns compared to the SPY that had 24.8% gains. Incredible. Uh, those are big numbers there. Those numbers um, don't lie and I think truly do show you just how much of a bunch of criminal mafiosos we're actually dealing with here that do not give a damn about you, do not give a damn about this country. This country is the Titanic. It is sinking, and the politicians are literally stealing all the silverware as you are stuck down in the basements, locked in. There's no coming out, especially in this entire system that, of course, is rigged against you. It's yeah, just you, mind-boggling. You so you're, you're the financial guy, Clint. Break this down to us. How, yeah. how, how do you make so much money in the stock market? Well, uh, I mean, if you have insider trading information, that's one way. But here's here's the, the story that I think people ought to be paying attention to. The reality is that the federal government takes in $5 trillion in tax receipts annually. They spend $7 trillion. So even with bringing in more money than any country in any government in world history has ever brought in in terms of purchasing power, they still spend $2 trillion more than that. More than that. The way they get rich is that there's so much of that money that gets divvied out in government contracts all they have to do is invest in front of the bills that they are voting on. It is the easiest scam that has ever been ran. It ought to be criminal. These, all of these people ought to be behind bars. But that's, it's, it's, it's literally that simple. And we basically function in a fascist system where you can get wealthy because the government is deploying trillions of dollars on an annual basis. That's how it happens. So, so what stocks am I buying right now, Clint? Uh, <laughs> what financial you're, trading you're, advice you're do you give me? You're asking the wrong guy. You got to call Nancy up. Mm. Well, one of the craziest things that I saw online was a, a tracker of all the trades that the Pelosi's were making. And they were literally censored on social media. Yeah. And then people were saying, hey, these, these politicians, they're, they're beating out uh, Warren Buffett. They're beating out all the titans in this entire industry. And they're absolutely obliterating them to the point where they're just embarrassing all the uh, top cheap financial experts that um, are not as successful as U.S. politicians that, of course, have all the insider information that, that know what's going to happen before it happens. Even uh, be, before the sickness kind of spread everywhere, there was a lot of investment in, in big pharma. There's a lot of insider trading, and a lot of that was just slept, uh, swept under the rug. In uh, 2001, um, in, I was just going to um, say this. In, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in the stock market, uh, right before September, there was also a lot of put options. There was also a lot of stock trades that were extremely sketchy, <laughs> that many people profited off of a lot of money after the event that happened in September in New York City in 2001. Um, I, I think we, we have to understand that essentially you were being ruled by criminals. You were being ruled by, by mobsters, by gangsters who do not give a damn about you, your country, your future, or your interests. And individuals like Tucker Carlson saying, hey, we should care about the American people first before starting more wars, starting more conflicts, and perpetuating this cycle of bullcrap war on terrorism. We should actually care about what is happening to our own people as more and more people are living in despair, are living in, in, in a life where their IQ is dropping, their health is being destroyed, they're becoming fatter and dumber by the freaking day. And to me, all of this is being done by design. It's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. I don't care what you think take what you think about this entire matter. There's no way you can look at everything happening, align it up, look at the whole picture, take a step back and say, yeah, these are just all coincidences. This is just a bunch of people who decided to take fentanyl this one particular day. No, 
That's not what happened here, Mr. Ben Shapiro. That's the exact opposite. And there is a larger conspiracy here that does deserve to be talked about that stems from big pharma, that stems from politicians essentially carrying out a depopulation agenda. Am I wrong or am I right? What do you guys think? You're right. Yeah, I, I know we're going to hop over to Rumble, but let me tell you what victory looks like because we talk a lot about the problems. The victory is when you don't actually need a law to criminalize insider trading. Victory is when the federal government is so small that the insider information that they have isn't profitable. Until we get there, we don't have a free market. Until we get there, we are not outside of the fascistic model that we currently languish under. That is how you win. You diminish the size of the federal government so that then these people can't get rich. And actually, they don't even want to be involved because these people are all criminals and they are only involved in this in the first place because they want to get rich. So make that impossible. Get the bums out, then we win. Someone in the comment section on YouTube said, architects of disaster. Yeah, that's 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 fair. That's an absolute um, honest way to, to kind of uh, analyze this situation. As, of course, now we are finally be going to the free lands of Rumble. Go to rumble.com. Uh, right now, we are on the front page. We're the number one recommended podcast right now on Rumble on the front page. As, of course, we are going to be continuing the conversation there in uh, a, a very unfiltered way. As, of course, there's a lot of topics here that we cannot discuss here on this particular broadcast. That topic, plus a lot more, all specifically discussed on rumble.com rumble.com forward slash we are changed is where you could find our channel but you don't even have to do that all you got to do just go to rumble go to the front page and they have us here prominently promoted as of course there's no other company that i would personally want to align myself with than rumble the fights that they have in courts, the fights that they have against governments are real. They are standing behind creators. They are standing behind the First Amendment. Governments call them up and they're like, hey, uh, take away this person's money. And they say, screw off, <laughs> France, screw off. Canada, screw off Brazil, and it's amazing to see that, and there's no other company that I want to support more than Rumble.com. Again, go on there, check us out. We're going to be ending the conversation here. Drew, before we do, where can people find out more information about you as we switch over from YouTube to Rumble? Uh, yeah, I'm just on X, at uh, Drew Tang Reborn, D-R-U-T-A-N-G-R-E-B-O-R-N. At Liberty Lockpod on X, if you want to subscribe to me, I would appreciate the support. Uh, Liberty Lockdown on Instagram, Liberty Lockdown on YouTube, Rumble, all over the place, as well as Tower Gang. But most importantly, go into your little podcast app and look up The Best Political Show and subscribe. Thank you. Steph. You can find me on Instagram at Steph we are Change and Twitter at Steph WRC. What are you doing? Go over right now. There's a lot of you guys here on YouTube. What are you doing? Go over right now, rumble.com. I will see you there with some uh, really funny memes, some real interesting conversations. If you're a member of lukeunfiltered.com, don't forget, this is going to be your chance to ask us whatever you want. You get to call in, show us your video, show us whatever you want. It's going to be unfiltered, uncensored, and an actual honest stream of consciousness consciousness channeling type of conversation that is going to be far better and freer than it is here on this technocratic gulag rumble.com see you over there right now as of course there's a little bit of a delay but i have this video that i specifically wanted to start the rumble stream on that is very spicy and we definitely would not be able to get away with playing this on youtube 
Thank goodness we have Rumble.com where we could show you this kind of amazing meme magic as we finally have Bill Clinton addressing the Epstein client list, first time speaking out against it and saying these very remarkable comments. My fellow Americans, today you may be waiting for the highly anticipated Epstein client list to be released. So while I know you may see what appears to be my name on the list, I'd like to argue that I did not have sexual relations with those children <laughs> on that island. Would it even count, though? It wasn't in the United States. <laughs> also, if you add up their ages, I'm sure it was above 18. Jeff told me since it was outside of the jurisdiction. Bill, what the hell are you doing? Uh, no, Hillary, I'm not confessing. You idiot. Do I always have to clean up your mess? What are you doing? What? No, wait. Please don't hurt the cameraman. He had nothing to do with this. No, Hillary, <laughs> that was my friend. He wasn't a witness. Poor Billy boy. That guy has been through the ringer. <laughs> Being married to fucking Hillary Rodham Clinton. Holy shit. Imagine having that next to your bed every single night as you go to sleep. And uh, that line, I didn't have sexual relations with that woman. I think I heard that one before. I don't know. Have you, have you guys heard that one? Or are you guys uh, too much of um, uh, youngins to understand what that means? Shout out to Monica, my girl. <laughs> Sorry, for those that are young, Monica Lewinsky, that he used the same excuse uh, when he was caught getting blown we, by her. We might need a reenactment here. Um, nope. Be, between, <laughs> nope. Not going to do it. Between you and, the, <laughs> between you and Drew there, uh, just, just a heads up there. But uh, the, funniest oh picture, the funniest picture that um, I've shared around recently on uh, my Instagram is, is specifically Bill Clinton sitting in front of his desk with the caption. There's actually two people here in this picture. And a lot of the young people are like, wait, what do you mean? What are you talking about? I don't right. understand. And I'm like, okay, you're, you're too young. Yeah, I, 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 I get it here. But, but again, Bill Clinton ditched Secret Service many times to fly in the Lolita Express. And there is allegedly 60 incidences that he has been recorded in. There's allegedly him walking with two bodacious, beautiful women on, on Epstein's Island. Again, it's fair to say that there's a lot of compromise against the Clintons. This during an election year where individuals like Michael Mann believe that Hillary Clinton might actually try to become the next president of the United States, might try to oust Joe Biden. And uh, now we have all this information coming out specifically, making Bill Clinton look really bad. I, I think there's a lot of inside baseball here. I think there's a bigger conspiracy afoot here. I think it's essentially the Democratic establishment under Obama attacking the old Democratic establishment of the Clintons. I think this is why we are seeing a list, not the list. There's a lot of lists. There's a lot of videotapes. There's a lot of photos. There's a lot of things that the FBI confiscated in Jeffrey Epstein's um, safe that, that, of course, went magically missing. This is not what we're going to see. We're going to see court documents from 2017. Now, now this is not the full official list. Are we being placated? Is there a bigger conspiracy here? What do you guys think is really going on? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, just think about it. This is this is the most, uh, as far as we know, the most prolific uh, trafficker of children to the elites that has ever that we've ever known of. 
That, that we know of. As of course, there's another one right now that probably exists. Of course. Running the operation uh, with MI5, with Mossad, with the CIA, who's probably having another fucking island right now as we speak that we don't know anything about. But but the, the point I'm trying to make is that the the everyone's really concerned about the flight logs. Epstein had one of the like this totally surveilled uh you know penthouse nice property in New York that undoubtedly he was he was running tricks out of there too. So like and God knows how many other properties. He had this big mansion in New Mexico and we're all focused on these flight logs. It's like it's like well what about these super wealthy dudes that just fly themselves? That that we don't have any I mean like that's what bothers me is I want to get to the bottom of this. I want the people that were actually responsible for destroying the innocence of children to go to prison forever. Yeah, the FBI never even went into that New Mexico ranch. They never really? even searched the fucking ranch. Wow. Okay, the ranch was very difficult to to get to. And now, allegedly, it's being sold off to a bunch of people. Bill Richardson, who I confronted, by the way, I made Bill Richardson sweat like a fucking <laughs> dirty, disgusting pig <laughs> when I confronted him about the gay prostitutes that they brought into the Bohemian Groves. He was fucking freaking the fuck out <laughs> during a, a, a fucking press op that was going on when he was trying to become the president of the United States. But he was connected to Jeffrey Epstein. He, of course, was connected to the New Mexico Ranch. The New Mexico Ranch, you couldn't get to it unless you had had a fucking helicopter, okay? So the FBI never raided it, never investigated, never even looked into what was happening on one of the biggest properties. As of course, these are the properties that we knew Epstein had. There was a shit ton more that we have absolutely no fucking idea about. We just know about Rape Island, okay? Rape Island was, was pretty salacious, but there was more than just Rape Island. Where's the other islands? Where's the other mansions? Where's the other houses that we have no idea about? That's the question that we should know everything about. We know very little about this situation, and I think this is done deliberately to try to obfuscate, to try to, of course, never actually make those people who ran that child trafficking and extortion operation accountable for their horrible, demonic, evil motherfucking actions. They deserve to be in fucking hell. They deserve to be in fucking jail. They are still walking around Scott fucking free. That's fucked. That's insane. That's fucking criminal to the highest degree. This is an issue that bridges the gap between the left and the right. This is the issue that we need to focus as the American people, as we have to understand what we're getting is fucking scraps. We're getting shit compared to the actual wealth of information that's being denied to us, which is fucking mind-blowing to the point where many judges even came out and said, this information... It's too salacious. It's too crazy for the general public even to see with their own eyes. And that's why a lot of the information is still classified. It's fucking crazy. And, but, but what it really proves is that the, the democratic process is kind of a lie. Because really, if, you, if you're voting for somebody and they get in there, but then they, they're compromised by the intelligence agencies, whether it be the FBI, the CIA, the Mossad, MI6, the list goes on and on. Well, then they're not doing your bidding. You don't have a representative government. And I think that's the real reason that we'll never get to the bottom of this is that it proves definitively that you do not have representation in Congress. You don't have you do not have yeah, you representation have you have, in the, you have in the a White bunch House. of pedophiles yes. in Congress yep. stealing your money, rigging the fucking game, fucking taking all the silverware for themselves <laughs> that you're financing their fucking socialistic fat bureaucratic fucking lifestyles. If that doesn't anger you as an American, I don't know what does, as there's some other fucking pundits out there saying more money for Israel, more money for Ukraine, more money for Sri Lankan fucking speedboats and gender studies for Pakistan. <laughs> fucking hell. 
When can we start focusing on the American people? When can we start focusing on our own fucking problems? No sound effects, Stephanie. Stop it. That was a fucking cringe. <laughs> well, sorry. Well, first of all, Luke, I want to say that that's um, you like uh, confronting people IRL is like so much respect to you for that. That was uh, some of the first content I saw of yours, the Rockefellers and the Rothschild Sims. So awesome to see them like sweat and uh, and realize that people know what they're up to. And then, of course, most famously, you and Jeff uh, got onto Epstein's Island. And you went up and you went into the temple, correct? The little temple on the hill there? Yeah, we were there. Yep, yep. So uh, in uh, for the Epstein thing overall, this is a concept that kind of ties in with Kevin Spacey as well, where the temple, um, if people have seen it, it looks like a ornate. I think it's based off of, I believe it's a, like a Turkish bath, bathhouse or a Phoenician bath is what it's called. And it's it looks very ornate, but in reality, the... Um, it wasn't actually, I forget if it's like tile or like, it looks like it has a big wooden door, but it's all painted on. Yes. So it, it's, it was, it, it was painted uh, in a 3D fashion, but it was, it was, uh, it was kind of flat and it looks very similar to the set of Ellen DeGeneres. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying is it, is it, it was kind of like a movie set. It was only meant to be viewed from far away. They purposely made it look like that. And that, um, that I think is kind of tied in with uh, with Epstein. There was a there was a movie that came out. I believe it was like two weeks before he died. It was the only movie that uh, Quentin Tarantino made without we Harvey Weinstein executive uh, as an executive producer, which was called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that movie focuses around it's it's based off of a you know roughly true story. And it's about I believe it's the Manson cult um, attacking people in the Hollywood Hills. Yep. And specifically, they would they did this attack on a uh, a date in the um, in the Hebrew calendar called the ninth of Av, which is the day that um, they commemorate the falling of the two temples. It was the day uh, that the Roman Empire and the Roman Jewish uh, civil war or war rather, um, where the Romans destroyed the second temple. Um, what's interesting is Epstein was actually killed on because it's a different day. Um, it happens a different day in the Western calendar each year because obviously the two calendars aren't the same. And Epstein was actually killed on that same day. Hmm. He was. Um, it just happened to land on that. And I don't. So, I don't think he was killed. I think he was fake killed, in my opinion. Oh, you, oh, think, you think he's that? alive? They took Absolutely. They took Absolutely. Well, Fuck, it could, yeah. could wow. all be more part of the show. And I think uh, what the other purpose that the Epstein thing kind of uh, played into was it really helped ignite the QAnon sector. The believers in QAnon, and I think without without Epstein dying, without the whole Epstein arrest and the death, quote unquote, I don't think that you would have you would have the QAnon shaman um, going into the Capitol. I think that was a big psychological effect that led up to um, Jan Six. But what I wanted to bring up was Kevin Spacey. I wanted to get your opinion on this because. This, you saw his interview with uh, Tucker, correct? Yeah, that was extremely strange. As Of course, Kevin Spacey was in character. He was playing mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the president of the United from the States cards, from, yeah. from the House of Cards. And it's like, fucking hell. That was like, automatically, I'm like, MK Ultra trauma-based trauma mind control. Why, what the fuck's really going on here? Why is Tucker highlighting this guy? Are they putting some pressure on Tucker? That was my initial kind of response to it because it was fucking bewildering. I, re I read it, some interesting takes. Maybe it was the, yours, actually. Uh, it might have been. It might have been. I had a very, I had uh, a, a pretty popular tweet about it, but it's, the connections with that video are so weird. It's so obviously planned because they released that interview on the fourth year anniversary of when Kevin Spacey had uploaded his own video called Killing Them with Kindness. 
And he talks about, oh, when people do, and he's kind of, I think he was in character for that as well. He was. And his character in A House of Cards, which was the first um, Netflix original produced, um, it was like their first original content. Great show. Which Netflix is actually founded by the great nephew of the guy who wrote the book Propaganda, Edward Bernays, in 1928. And Sigmund Freud. Uh, there's is, a connection with Sigmund yeah. Freud as well. And Bernays, wow. yeah. Bernays is Sigmund Freud's great nephew yes. so it's two great and they're all connected to the founder of netflix yes correct. not surprisingly not coincidentally according to my own personal and, viewpoints and of course netflix is now the premier you know source of programming for the, the population and, and destroying of white characters from every <laughs> tv show and movie <laughs> leaving the world really behind leaving wild. the yeah. world behind with the obamas and of course they have a deal with the obamas as well and, and bird, what, what was that movie bird watch with um that that uh that that famous actress oh sandra bullock sandra bullock what was it was it was on bird watch um Fuck, I forgot I forgot that movie name, but there was another a big Netflix hit that had a lot of psyops B- and Bird Box. Bird Box and a lot of fucking bullshit subliminal subconscious messaging in there that was absolutely fucked as well. Mm. So, uh, yeah, when you look at these kind of big hits that the system essentially prompts up as big fucking hits, especially uh, the latest Obama kind of uh, movie that they helped produce as well as uh, Bird Box, um, fucking hell, you see sinister like layers upon layers and layers of fucking propaganda and, that, and are, that are very heavy. The spacey thing specifically, it just puts it puts this exact concept where the veil between what's fiction, what's on TV, and what's reality, Spacey literally says in that interview with Tucker, he says like, oh, I love this, where the veil between what's real, what's fake, what's theater, and what's... It blurs. Yeah, it blurs. And he's literally, uh, you know, obviously he's, he's playing his character from TV, which is a, a corrupt politician who kills people. He mm-hmm. pushes like, a, I think, a reporter yep. in front of a, a train. And, and he also his, goes to secret societies, and he goes to essentially the Bohemian Grove, mm-hmm. and he gets into the wardrobe, and uh, there's there's prostitutes, and of course the killing of prostitutes, and and like Isn't he a closeted, kill, murderer guys. Is he homosexual or no? Uh, oh yeah, he is. I, I think that's yeah. only no, and, I think that's only in in real life. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's how he and, tried and, to get away course, from it, the. It, it came out that that there was some major accusations against him that he was hurting uh, uh, children, and his response to it is hey guys i'm coming out as gay and the <laughs> corporate media was like oh my god kevin spacey is so brave for coming out as gay and then everyone's like hey uh y- you know he's responding to this because he's being accused of diddling and raping small fucking children and the media just forgot that point at all and um and uh now and seeing he beat every being, case you beat every case well a bunch and, of the accusers and, died yeah, yeah you know the fuck um, but well, I, I, well, well some of them died because of like legitimate reasons there was a lot mm-hmm. of other reasons that but, that, that weren't weren't legitimate well the, uh, the big one just to go back to the killing them with kindness one of them committed suicide the day after I the know. killing with kindness video and that is you know that's the core of this concept which he brought up in his most recent on the fourth year anniversary of his killing with kindness video with tucker which is like that just you know red flags everywhere but uh, it, you know that is the core concept. Is they're they're putting, you know, they're putting with mass media. We now have more access to programming at all times. Instead of just going home and watching TV, we have a phone with us at all times. And kids are algorithm TikTok scrolling, 
And then, you know, seeing clips of these movies and the movie comes out on Netflix, you know, everybody watches it. You don't have to go to the theater or anything. Yeah, this so, is the, cra- yeah. the crazy part of, of House of Cards, especially if uh, anyone kind of watched this TV series. I watched a little bit of it, but a lot of it is uh, based off real life events. And Bill Clinton, the guy who, of course, uh, you know, is, is good friends with Jeffrey Epstein, along with Kevin Spacey came out and said House of Cards is 99% real. <laughs> this is Business Insider. And if you watch House of Cards, they literally kill a fucking journalist in like the first episode. Sorry, spoiler alert. But uh, <laughs> fucking hell, they do some really awful fucked up things in that movie that uh, a lot of independent media has been screaming about. Um, I, I stopped watching uh, midway. There's also a lot of subliminal advertisements by Big Tobacco that a lot of people didn't realize in House of Cards, specifically when it comes to nicotine induction products. They were promoting vapes one time. Another time they were promoting cigarettes, talking about how vapes aren't the real thing as a cigarette. And uh, there was a lot of uh, big money behind House of Cards and, and, and a lot of, of really subliminal stuff. Also, on by the way, uh, TV, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But but on Netflix, there's a lot of things that they were able to get away with, including mm-hmm. with, of course, just uh, making white people look awful, horrible, <laughs> or just completely destroying them or eliminating them from any kind of forms of entertainment. We got uh, a rumble rant from Jaywick3000 saying, Luke and company, happy 24. We the people need to oust these fuckers once and for all. Preach. That's a rumble rant by Jaywick. As of course, now we have 7,000 people watching us here on Rumble, Holy shit. which is awesome. I think this is the biggest show ever that, yeah. that we have. Oh, our you're show welcome, keeps guys. Getting, you're um, welcome. I, <laughs> no, our show keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And, and again, we're going to be in Iowa with Vivek, with the Beanie Man. There's going to be a lot of really awesome fucking things. Vivek Ramaswamy just announced he's going to be doing a live taping show with Tim Pool. I'm going to be a part of that broadcast. We're going to have Vivek on this show. We're going to have James O'Keefe. We're going to have Zuby. We're going to have Josie. Ben Stewart. We're going to have Josie the Redhead Libertarian. We're going to have Tom Woods. We got some really incredible, awesome people joining us live here on the bestpoliticalshow.com. You want to participate? Again, become a member on lukeunfiltered.com. I'm going into the chat room right now to specifically ask people if they want to call in. If you want to call in, sign up right now to lukeunfiltered.com. Join the Telegram channel, and then you guys will be able to call in as we have a video here from Aaron Rodgers that I think is worth playing. As, of course, his commentary about what has been happening with the Epstein client list. I think is also important for us to listen to. Here's Aaron Rodgers, the man who, of course, is also not vaxxed and a larger proponent of bodily autonomy and individual freedom that deserves your respect, saying this specifically about the Jeffrey Epstein saga. This has something to do with the Epstein list that came out. Feels like, <laughs> feels like that's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out. Soon. Look, this guy's been it's waiting in his wine cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine cellar for this thing. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't. Ah, <laughs> All right. All right. Obviously, a Shots fired. clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Uh, whenever Aaron brought up the, the list and then. Jimmy mocked him for it. Aaron has not forgotten about that, but here we are sitting right in front of that nice bottle of scotch. Mm-hmm. What do you say? I'm waiting to celebrate something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something <laughs> He's awesome. been waiting That's for the one. <laughs> You've been waiting for yeah, I'll tell you what. If that list comes out, I definitely will be popping, popping some sort of bottle. 
So, are so, you guys going to be popping bottles when the list comes out? Or are you going to be skeptical like me, saying that there's probably some larger psyop and bigger power play ahead yeah, of us? Dude. Until these people are actually fucking behind bars, there is no bottle popping. I'm sorry. And let me just add real quick, because I didn't get to mention this earlier. But if you go back and you watch that video with Kevin, uh, with Spacey and Tucker, if you look at the pillow that's on the couch, and I'm not usually one of these like symbology dudes, but if you look at it, the fucking, the blue line it's like a white pillow with a blue line and in that blue line it is the exact like little decal that the fucking pedophiles use there is some sort of message that's being sent by tucker and his people i don't know if like if kevin spacey was actually innocent and tucker is is trying to defend him because tucker's producer got accused of some some nonsense too and and maybe he thinks that like like kevin spacey's one of the good guys that was being uh you know melee or something i, I don't know i don't know maybe maybe tucker had no idea. But how can he when he's Why would so he in this as well? As, of course, he's also releasing an interview with Jeffrey Epstein's brother. And he also released a, a very interesting videotape. I'm trying to find it right now of Jeffrey Epstein's brother specifically asking for the records when it came to the, the EMS reports, the fire department, all the kind of local authorities that were there. Uh, they can't find any of the records, which is uh, not surprising since, of course, there's a criminal cover up operation here specifically of uh, murder, death, and fucking child rape that your tax dollars Oops. essentially finance. Well, the security cameras were broken and the guards were asleep. So, you know, it's it was all in the oven. We have, we, have, we have Jimmy Kimmel actually responding to Aaron Rodgers, and he subtweeted this clip that we just played for everyone. And Jimmy Kimmel came out and said, quote, Dear asshole, for the record... I've not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list, other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft-brained wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up, and we will debate the facts further in court. Wow. Uh, very strong words against Aaron Rodgers, as it looks like Jimmy Kimball probably will be threatening legal action against him for the kind of assertions that Aaron Rodgers made here. As it's also important to note here that when it comes to exposing a lot of the kind of deeper, darker conspiracies out there, that there's also a lot of fake news out there. There's also a lot of disinformation. And as Cass Sunstein, Obama's information czar, came out, he said it is crucial to muddy the waters when it comes to things that the government does not want publicly released out there. And the government, literally, uh, we know this for a fact, finances disinformation campaigns where they release information in order to confuse the general public so they don't see the larger picture of what's really going on here. There's going to be fake lists. There's going to be individuals spreading a lot of fake news. There's going to be a lot of people spreading misinformation. All of that is probably from the intelligence agencies who want to confuse everyone and also get people in hot water and try to, of course, put them in court where they will lose all of their money, just like Alex Jones did. So that's something that I think we should be absolutely aware of. The disinformation, a part of the disinformation, a part of the PSYOP uh, campaigns that are out there that are fucking real and are legitimate and are something that we should be uh, paying attention to since uh, we got to be on our toes and more careful than ever when it comes to spreading actual, real, legitimate news out there and not the CIA-sponsored fake news meant to sow division. Yeah, I think that that concept you were just talking about, you know, it's called a honeypot where you, where you put something out there to try and trap people. So it's, 
Um, which I think overall, if you want to talk about disinformation campaigns, um, I think the I think QAnon, the 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 post of QAnon, I think was an intelligence operation, whether or not the Trump administration was in on it, which personally I think is possible, um, given some of the things they're able to um, some of deeper posts where they basically one of the Q posts that I always point to as like, you know, it actually being tied to the government is they basically made a post about John McCain. Um, the post was posted exactly one month to the minute of when um, John McCain was announced dead, which you could pick arbitrarily. Um, you know, you could announce him dead at whatever time you want, but they did it. They made this post a month earlier. But regardless, I think I think Q was a was a honeypot disinformation campaign where they're talking about. Obviously, there's real um, elite human trafficking, especially Clearly. with Epstein. But you um this concept of controlled opposition i think is at play here absolutely and, and that's something mm -hmm. that 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 we really do have to consider when it came to i, I agree with you the, the kind of q psyop as there's still a lot of people believing hey we don't have to do anything we're gonna sit back the good guys and in the intelligence agencies are going to take care of everything and when you look at that larger kind of mental handicap that that people put themselves in because they wanted to believe that there's a greater good that someone's going to do something for them that they could just sit back and relax and everything's going to be taken care of as long as they get trump in holy freaking cow the the level of cope the level of just of, of people's ability to, to jump to conclusions just to have a, a nice kind of belief and notion was absolutely surprising as there's a lot of people that, that fell for it. There's a lot of people that promoted it and fucking hell. It's really it unoriginal. Effect. It's really yeah. unoriginal writing. If you want to talk about predictive programming, you have V for Vendetta, which is about a, a anonymous freedom fighter who goes by one letter who leads a massed march on the Capitol in the finale against a government who created a bioweapon pandemic to establish more authoritarian <laughs> control. Yes. And it's like, yo, this is like the exact... This is predictive this programming is Actually, for QAnon. Actually, pretty funny because that's kind of how I think of Q. Like, that, those two things actually do connect in my head when I'm like, Q, I'm thinking about that movie. Yeah, but, but what and, is, and it's written by the, the other crazy thing, if you want to talk about, because there's multiple aspects to the predictive programming, predictive programming concept. There's the, you know, there's, there's simple stuff, like the movie Contagion, which was in Freedom of Information Act request, we found out that the CDC funded a, a separate liaison office to the tune of $1.5 million to influence the Contagion movie in 2011, which had star-studded, had Matt Damon. Matt Damon got, uh, oh, we're on Rumble, so I can say it. Yep. He had, he had uh, vaccinations, a vaccin uh, vax passport, a pandemic. They had conspiracy theorists that said it was a lab leak when it actually was a, a zoo, zoology you know, origin. But then there's the other aspect, which is kind of deals with this chaos magic um, concept, which Alan Moore, the guy who wrote V for Vendetta, he specifically says, yes, I'm an occultist, I do rituals. And he also says that all art is magic because it influences the mass subconscious of humanity. And by that, by virtue of that, it influences real world events. Um, so that's a, that's well, a we got some super chats that I wanted sure. to read really quickly that kind of go along with what we are talking about here specifically as we have one from Ian Crossland shouts out to uh, Ian he's going to be visiting us very soon and going to be on the show as well he's awesome check him out on uh, I think he's on YouTube I think he's on Twitter I think he's also on uh, you better be on Rumble Ian <laughs> uh, at Ian Crossland go check him out he says quote the Epstein client list sounds like absolute garbage trust nothing some names will be 
fake. Um, I, I don't know if they'll be fake. They're coming from the 2017 court case. They're just being um, um, released to the general public. So the, there are individuals who, of course, were connected to Epstein in many different ways. A judge previously argued that this that that, that these people were innocent and there was no reason to to uh, put these people's names publicly. I absolutely disagree with that. We should know everyone's name associated with everything that happened here. But I do see this as a bigger hit job by the Obamas against the Clintons. We got another super chat here by Jaywick3000 saying, Luke, if Trump comes out on the shit list, he's essentially done. Let's go, Vivek. I think you're talking about Trump potentially being on the list. Again, there are a lot of people here are interconnected with Epstein. The McCains knew exactly what was going on here. They decided to stay quiet. RFK Jr. flew on the Lolita Express. Again, Trump's involvement here is being questioned by many different individuals. There's also an interview that uh, my friend did with a lawyer that was representing the victims that essentially talked about how Trump was participating and trying to help the victims here. Uh, giving testimony, being one of the few individuals that actually did give testimony against Epstein, but there's also a lot of disinformation. Uh, what's his name? Uh, he does that. I forgot. I can't believe I forgot his name. He's going to be so mad at me. Uh, he did the interview with Trump's lawyer. What's his name? Uh, he's in Houston, Texas all the time. He's uh, he's like a dirty hippie too. I'm so sorry. I, I, I absolutely blanked. I forgot your name. Uh, I'm, I'm going to look him up right now. I think he's a part of the conscious resistance. Fuck, I can't believe it. He's going to be so mad. <laughs> D-Town123 gave another super chat that is very relative to what we were just talking about, saying specifically, Bird Box in 2018 taught us to fear a virus. Lock yourself inside. You're safe with a mask over your face. Creepy part when John Malkovich looks at the screen and says, make America great again. Yes, there was a lot of subliminal propaganda in Bird Box. It was a movie that took off. Everyone was talking about it. And the fucking white guys were just absolutely all horrible and evil in it. I just remembered Derek Blow, Derek Bros. Sorry, oh, Derek, Derek Bros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologize uh, for blanking on your name there. Uh, but Bird Box, again, was one of the most sinister pieces of propaganda out there that was normalized. This latest Obama movie, I believe also will have some kind of predictive programming messaging in relation to what will be happening in the future. Um, as of course, movies like that, that are linked with the Obamas aren't just linked with the Obamas. They're also linked with the CIA. They're also linked with the intelligence agencies. And they're also linked with the larger kind of psyop that we are all involved here that push larger messages that are embedded in our head and then activated during key critical moments in time where we need a specific emotional reaction from individuals. And this is why we keep telling you guys, don't believe anything, do your own homework, do your own research. And before reacting, start to think about what might be the larger agenda between even the entertainment that you are seeing on your screens. So, um, Drew, I don't know if you have anything to, to add to this, but but uh, you know, I, I recently stole someone's Netflix password. Uh, they, they do release some, some good shit, especially when it comes to, uh, I'll just be frank and honest here, uh, Ricky Gervais and, and Dave Chappelle, their, their, their latest comedy specials, fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. Ricky Gervais is one of the most fucking badass MFers out there. The well, he way called he them pushed, out. The way he Epstein, pushed, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he pushed uh, the Overton window with his latest special, I was left flabbergasted. I was like, holy shit, did he just say that? Did Ricky Gervais just say that to everyone on this special? I saw Dave Chappelle's yesterday. Ricky Gervais took it to another level of like, wow, I can't believe he said that. 
All respects to Ricky Gervais. Um, if you guys get a chance to steal someone's Netflix password or to potentially torrent <laughs> something, um, not legal advice here. Someone said that it you know might be worthwhile to uh, potentially maybe allegedly do that. Well, but Ger- I'll just leave it at Gervais that. Gervais is also responsible for the greatest moment in awards history where he mm. goes, because I know you guys all have, you're all heartbroken because your buddy Epstein went down. And he goes, oh, shut up. Shut up. You know you're all his friends. Fuck you. It was mm. fucking, it was one of the greatest moments of all time. But all I, of them are like stunned and like quiet. Like, <laughs> yeah. you could hear a fucking pin drop. That was beautiful. Yeah. That was amazing. Tom, you could yeah. actually hear Tom Hanks' sphincter tighten. Uh, but anyway, panning to the audience. Yeah, was, yeah. It was, it was, it was one of the, like legit the beautiful. best. It was probably the only good movement or, or moment in award history. Uh, but the, the point I wanted to make about the QAnon uh, PSYOP, think about how profound this is. For the first time in American history, we're, we're all locked in our fucking houses for a huge portion of a year. We then have our, have our jobs threatened. We're forced to take a, a totally un, untested product that fucked up a whole lot of people. Uh, and if you don't, you, you then have your job, job threatened. You then also are simultaneously finding out that there is a bunch of fucking kids that are getting raped by the most powerful politicians all over the planet. And Q comes along and he says, trust the plan. We got you. What, what should have happened in that moment, in any sane time, if you realize that you're being ruled by a bunch of fucking bloodthirsty pedophiles, is you rise up. But did they? If you're in any other sane time, if you're locked in your fucking house and forced out of your job and forced to take a product that ultimately makes your heart explode, you would rise up. Q says, don't worry about it. Trust the plan. People, people were literally, I knew people during the, during the lockdowns, and Bo was actually, my buddy there uh, on the side here was actually with me, he, uh, one of his friends, uh, was into this concept. He was like, "Oh, this is part of the plan. This is the there's something like eight days of darkness or some shit. Yeah, I yeah, forget yeah. what what the post was, but he's like, this is it. They've locked down the they've locked everyone down. That way, the elite they're, can't they're rounding get around. up the pedophiles. Yeah. Oprah's no, they're under not. house arrest. Oprah's under house arrest. Trust me. <laughs> I was actually there's there's German satellites. I had some. I had one person. I'm not going to name who. He's actually a public figure. Um, and uh, I, I was fucking bewildered. I was with uh, the Beanie Man, and uh, this prominent guy, like very prominent guy, uh, was like, hey, man, all the information's in these German satellites, and these German satellites are going to beam all the information down, and it's going to be game over for the establishment, and they're going to all go down. They're going to be all in prison. I'm like, you're a fucking lunatic, bro. Like, they, they, like, first, I played along with it. I was like, oh, yeah, really? Mm, not very. I was like, tell me more, please. And they just kept getting more complicated and more and more insane. And it's like, look, look, on this date, there's going to be... And I'm like... I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. My, this my is guess, absolutely fucking crazy. My guess, he's talking about Alex Stein. Shout out to Alex. You're crazy fucking. No, 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 no. no I'm not. I, I, I'm not. I'm <laughs> okay, not. Okay. Alex believes some wacky ass <laughs> shit there. Uh, I, I like Alex. Uh, this this other guy, he was just like, man, you got to trust the plan. I'm telling you, Trump's going to be in office soon because of these satellites and the information that they don't. I'm like, sure, buddy. I yeah, had relatives. Sure. I had relatives that went down this. And they, like, even after Trump was out of power, they were still like, like six months into Biden's presidency. They're like, it's only a matter of hours before Trump is back in the White House and all of the pedophiles are behind bars. So I'm like, you're still doing this <laughs> six months into Biden's presidency? It's fucking wild, man. That it's, shit worked. Yeah. There's also a lot of different things uh, I want to talk about in relation to this. As of course, there's an online VR digital gangbang. Uh, that I think we should be talking about in just a little bit. But before we do that, we got a, we got a, (laughs) sorry, Drew, this is what happens when you're on the bestpoliticalshow.com. There's another, uh, uh, I think this was uh, mysuperchat.com from laneboy63 saying, 
I donated earlier, but maybe you guys missed it. And maybe uh, Drew Tang could help out. Could you help me understand the definition of Zionism? Um, hmm. Could you guys help him with the definition? Uh, he has a, a follow up as well. I, I looked it up on Google, but I wasn't sure uh, to trust it. Could you guys help me understand the definition of Zionism? That way I can help my family understand. Well, well, there's a lot. Yeah. Of, there's a lot of controversy here because sometimes they'll say that it has to be. A, some people say it's a Jewish ethno state where it's going to be all Jews. Some people say it's just a homeland for Jews. Uh, but that's that's usually that's the discrepancy in the two definitions. Like, is it going to be an ethno state where it's exclusively Jews, or is it just a homeland where every Jewish person all over the world has a a place of reprieve of safety where they can flee to if there's pogroms or another Holocaust or anything like that. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's I think very simply the definition is, um, you know, the establishment of a of a uh, Jewish homeland in in uh, Palestine or, you know, the land traditionally known as Israel. But um, but yeah, that's I mean, that's that's at the very basic level, which was, you know, this has been a long time thing. You know, there's obviously Israel was established in 1948, but, you know, the efforts to establish Israel um, and establish a Zionist state happened long before, you know, um, 1890s. We had the Balfour Declaration, which was addressed um, from the British government to 1917. Lord Balfour to. Um, I'm just going to I'm just going to like splice in the thank dates you, so thank people you. have it. Um, Lord Rothschild. And um, so Rothschild bankers, which people might be familiar with. So they were, you know, kind of at the origin of Zionism, if you can draw whatever conclusions you want from that. But um a lot, of, a lot of people believe that they actually uh, wanted the Holocaust to happen because there was not enough momentum for the Jewish people to flee. Because at the time, Jewish people were actually getting along quite well with all of these other, uh, you know, ethnicities well, and whatever nation. And, and, and the Nazi government did actually create the Havara Agreement, which transferred, which exactly. incentivized uh, German Jews to go and help settle Israel. And right. I, I think it's pretty fair to say that. Without the Holocaust, there wouldn't be as there would not powerful be Israel. Of, of a Zionist state. Well, because because the people wouldn't have migrated because they wouldn't have felt compelled. There was a ton of people, like millions of Jews that were just like, we're just going to stay where we're at. Like, we don't want to go to fucking Palestine. What are you talking about? But then after World War II, it's like, all right, yeah, we got to fucking go. Uh, but one one other quick note. People always talk about how the the origin story of Zionism was that it was going to be, uh, you know, taking a, a portion of Palestine. The reality is, during the first congressional uh, Zionist meeting in the 1890s, they actually floated the idea of doing it in East Africa. So in Madagascar, Madagascar yeah. was one of the locations exactly. that were, they were actually considering so, so uh, relocating the the Jewish population to. So it was it was not actually obligatory that it be Palestine, and uh, I just think that's an interesting footnote that not a lot of people are privy to. Uh, also, could you guys add about how the connection is between Zionism and the Talmud? Because that's like what I hear a lot online, and I, I'd like to know if you guys are, have, can, have anything to say about that. I don't think that I don't personally think that that the Zionist movement really has much to do with Talmudic teachings. I uh, there's a, there's a, again lots of controversy, but there are Jewish people that that strongly believe that that you do not need a homeland. In fact, the Jewish people should not have a homeland. That's there's there's American Jews that have that perspective. Um, I don't know what's right. I'm not going to pretend to be a scholar on the Talmud, so I don't know. Hey, Jesus was Jewish. A famous quote by uh, Ian Crossland when we did the <laughs> IRL so episode with uh, Tucker Carlson at Ampfest. They're like, hey, they're like, Ian, anything else you want to say? He ran upstage 
stage and act like a rock star. And there was like, Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I, I think there's also a lot of, a lot of bull crap, a lot of kind of people obsessing uh, about uh, particular races of individuals. I, I do see a lot of sycophantic, um, just uh, hateful individuals. I think those individuals absolutely need to be uh, called out for, for just being hateful assholes. Uh, and I believe there's also a lot of legitimate criticism that there should be of politicians like Benjamin Netanyahu that shouldn't be equated with the same thing as, of course, politically making an argument is not the same as hating an entire race of people. If you hate an entire race of people, you're an asshole. That's just my perspective. That's just my opinion. Totally I don't agree. care I don't care what your particular take or, or understanding of it. I get accused of, of being a Jew all the time, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, put, right. me on the, put me on the fucking list. I don't give a fuck. I, it doesn't matter. I'm not, I don't care. It shouldn't matter. Uh, and I would, I would argue and I would say that a lot of the, the policies of the Israeli government uh, essentially screw over the Israeli people. And the Israeli people have been screwed over a lot. And if you look at uh, uh, populations um, uh, of the history of the world that, that have had um, uh, an incredible amount of bullshit that they had to deal with, the Israeli people are, are, are those people. And there are politicians uh, and, and Jewish people that, that do routinely um, are, are the ones who are kind of responsible responsible for that as well. Just, well, yeah, I think I think yeah, the the Jewish people in in Israel are under like we were talking about earlier with the Pfizer lab. Clearly they were, you know, they were being used as guinea pigs. So obviously the the leaders that are in power don't actually care about the population that's in the country. And to go back to your earlier point about how the Holocaust plays into Zionism is that the word Holocaust actually means the origin of the word means burnt sacrifice. Oh, interesting. So, you know, what was it sacrificed? What was it a sacrifice of who and for what? is up to you. But what was also interesting is Heimlich Himmler started um, the Holocaust, the final solution, on the 9th of Av, that same date that I was oh, talking shit. about. about the and, and I think that the two temples, so the 9th of Av is the ninth day of the 11th month in their calendar. And obviously 9-11 is the uh, 11th day of our ninth month, the falling of the two towers, falling of the two temples. And just like how we Whoa, built a third tower. That's trippy. The goal, the true goal of Zionism, what I see, and, and this has been kind of the goal of powerful people who've wanted to do this since the Knights Templar. The, the, hmm. the name Templar, of course, comes from temple because their base was at the Temple Mount. The Crusades was to take back this same land that they're now fighting for um, with Zionism. And obviously, there's a lot of Christian Zionists as well, so it's not like things have really changed. Millions. Um, but yeah, the establishment of the third temple is is very um, is very uh, it's it's a big part of Zionism. No, that's that's super interesting. I didn't know like any of that. But let me just add or let, let me summarize Luke's point. If you hate Jewish people for being Jewish, you're an asshole. If I if I critique you for blowing up little babies and then you say that I'm an anti semite, you're the asshole. See how that works? So I can actually <laughs> that's an even handed approach here. Uh, I just want to see fucking innocent people stop dying. Someone in the comment section said, oh, God, not more numerology. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Drew, give us more numerology. Uh, is there anything, uh, what would you say is the steel man argument for numerology for a lot of the stuff that we're seeing here? As, of course, uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's just extrapolations. Oh, it doesn't mean anything. I, I think it's worth looking into because a lot of the, the very powerful people in our society that have a lot of influence are, are, are using it themselves. I, I think a lot of wars have been started on specific dates for very specific reasons. I, I, I think there's a lot more to this kind of spiritual, energetic, uh, interdimensional world of existence that we have here that um, a lot of knowledge is being kept away from the general public. So how do you steel man your, your argument for uh, what I just explained? 
Well, I mean, the the whole world as we know it is is based off physics, which is you know math and math and letters, you know numbers and letters. So you know at the at the core of everything, it's it's essentially numbers. You know, if you're going to describe, if you want to describe what what's going to happen when I throw this bottle, you do a calculation using gravity and you know the the acceleration and and everything like that. So I mean, at the core, of course, everything's are everything is numbers and. As far as like the esoteric level of numerology, um, you know, you just look at the, you know, stuff that the elite plan, like we were talking about earlier, obviously somebody knew that, um, that there's going to be 9-11, otherwise they wouldn't have put shorts on all the airline companies. Um, so they did, you know, theoretically, they did plan it for that date. And, you know, I just, I mentioned earlier the nine and the 11 combo, um, which nine is in numerology, nine is completion. And 11 is um, high emotional energy and kind of cataclysmic change. Um, I, I so wanted yeah. to ask this last week, but if you could explain, I'd appreciate it. What is the, what is the value? Because I've heard a lot of people say, oh, they have to, they have to give these, these signals and shit to like their insiders. I've heard that it somehow like uh, it, it removes the moral culpability. Hmm. This is like some satanic shit. I don't know what the fuck is. You know. So yeah, no, it's it's cons- everything's cons- consensual at the end of the day. Otherwise, you you face the karmic repercussions. So like, even though the and thank God we're on Rumble, even though the vaccines were um you know were, were mandatory, the mandatory law by Biden never actually went into effect. It was shot down before it actually was you know before the date the actually Court, was. Yeah. But it, you were if you were in a company, which many of my friends were, the companies because of that they set a date early. And said, oh, yeah, you got to get it by this date. Otherwise, yep. we're going to get you. And so at the end of the day, you were actually not forced by anyone. You you know, if you did it, you did it um, consensually. And to get down to the core level of that, there's a book, uh, a great book called The Kabbalion, which uh, written anonymous by by the three initiates, which I don't know if you've read that, Luke. It seems up your alley. Have you ever heard of that? The Kabbalion? I'm sure Ian has read it's it. It's great. You can even listen to it uh, as a podcast. I like to listen to it sometimes at night. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, a be- it's a wonderful book. And it talks about the principles of hermeticism, which is the, you know, it's an ancient uh, Egyptian philosophy, which um, which kind of got taken by the Greeks and, you know, and, you know uh, basically translated through all of our cultures. And that's kind of the the framework for mysticism and these occult philosophies. And obviously, like we were talking about earlier, there's, um, you know, they're going to the Bohemian Grove. They have, um, you know, you watch Eyes Wide Shut, um, which is kind of like, it, which kind of has uh, themes uh, similar to the Skull and Bones, which, of course, the Big Bushes, yeah. uh, I believe some Rockefellers as well were in that. And, of course, John Kerry versus George Bush, George H.W. or George W. Bush. They were both Skull and Bones members. Yep. So it's if you want to see the illusion of choice, I mean, that's, that's a beautiful a good, That's a really good example. Beautiful example. But to get down to how this applies to Hermeticism, in the book Kabbalion, they talk about how the masters of the philosophy understand that there's two planes. There's the conscious and unconscious plane. So you can, if you make somebody do something on the unconscious plane, then you can dodge. It's kind of, they describe karma as a pendulum swing. So you can dodge the pendulum swing if you're um, if you make somebody consent um, has, unconsciously. Has there ever been any evidence that these power brokers, these criminal cabals that that appear to run shit, that they actually like? Is there any evidence that they're actually studying hermeticism? That they're actually well, th- this is interesting. It kind of ties in cu- uh, Tucker. Uh, I mean, hopefully he's not. But there's the uh, cabalist, or and, and actually Trump uh, says he has a Kabbalah teacher, and Kabbalah is uh, is Jewish mysticism. 
which is basically you interpret um, you interpret the Torah um, using traditionally only um, spoken spoken word, which is what the Talmud is. It's uh, it's just recorded spoken interpretation of the Torah, right. which kind of gives you different ideas about what the stories really mean and and if they're coded in My geome- understanding geometria. Is it's, it's, it's actually debates between different scholars, and they're like they're chronicling it as they like discuss the different sides of it. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's like commentary. Right. It's, it's commentary and, and different interpretations. It's, it's an what, what, what do I look up for uh, Trump Kabbalah teacher? Uh, I think, well, yeah, I think, yeah, uh, I think I'm pretty sure he's specifically said he, he has converted. A, he has, Oh yeah, of course. And, um, but, uh, they re they, there's this, uh, red bracelet, this really, uh, thin red blade bracelet, which honestly, I haven't looked into this, so I, I can't hundred percent confirm this, but supposedly that's a, you know, that's a, uh, Kabbalist thing is if you study you, Kabbalah, you see it a lot. I you, didn't know what it was. The tiny red blade yeah. bracelet and Tucker, uh, has worn one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, um, that I would, is, I would love to talk yeah, to that's, Tucker that's evidence that. of it. I'm trying to look up uh, Kabbalah teacher Trump. Nothing's really uh, coming up. So if you find anything, uh, definitely let me it know because that would be uh, pretty interesting to, of course, be able to highlight for the general public. I'm seeing some kind of like social media post, but nothing uh, concrete. It would be good to have actually like Donald Trump uh, actually come out and say that. As of course, there, there's a lot of uh, occult stuff. There's a lot of mysticism. There's a lot of symbolism almost everywhere you look and and i think a lot of this stuff is is worth kind of delving into since uh a lot of what they do does actually boil down to consent and does boil down to people willingly doing stuff that uh a lot of the times there's signs showing people that hey um this is going to lead down a particular direction that's not going to be in your favor, to say the least. So, um, when we look at this 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 stuff, I, I think Luke, there's a lot uh, of stuff it's, to look it's in, into. It's in uh, Trump's book, "The Way to the Top." Um, he he, it's a it's a um, passage. He writes about it in there. It says, "One day, when my Kabbalah teacher Eaton Yarden uh, asked how I was doing. I told him I needed a break. Aiton Yardini, it says here. I see it. A ten. Okay. Yeah, that's a. Uh, um, so yeah, that's the. Uh, I just I just find it fascinating that like if these these people are actually doing this, why the fuck they all have the same belief system? How do they meet each other? How do they communicate? How do they all like? How do they can? How do they expand this belief system? Private otherwise education. Die out? Private education. Mm. There's always been a separate education system. So for you the think you think at the highest levels of academia that like this type of shit is being pushed? No, not the not Harvard. The Harvard they're brainwashing you. But I'm talking Skull and Bones. If you're a part of right. Skull and Bones at Yale, you'd get some of this okay. for sure. So the Yaleys, probably Oxford. Because there's like there's Brit- a British contingent that really runs the world that people don't ever talk about too. But yeah, it's it's always been like that. You know that's why they you know they wanted to keep you illiterate. That's why they didn't translate the Bible into the language of the people for a long time. That way only the priests could read it, and and the yeah. Catholics didn't even have you know English Mass until Vatican II. So well, and then, then was, they there, was, was there was reading. there ever like an explanation to why Trump had a Kabbalah teacher and what he used it for, or or what do you use Kabbalah teachers for? Well, it's I'm, just uh, it's kind of like a life coach, I would imagine. Well, based just kinda, on, it's just a philosophy that you can apply to your life based off of Madonna's. Uh, conversion, I would say it's it's a step by step process on how to fuck your face up. <laughs> oh my god, she really uh, sorry. Like, <laughs> Shots fired, Madonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look her up. She looks fucking horrific. That's yeah, it's disgusting. Not enough adrenochrome, too much plastic <laughs> surgery. 
But Kabbalah is very much known for the tree of life. It's known for, um, it's kind of like also astrology and with the stars. So it's kind of, it's quite, quite interesting. It's interesting to see why a lot of these kind of viewpoints are easily dismissed and makes me want to learn more about young, it. Young people have no idea that Michael Jackson at one point was black and that Madonna used to be hot. I know it's fucking, it's unbelievable, <laughs> but it's true. I'm going to look up uh, photos of uh, Madonna. We got another Rumble rant from Ian Crossland saying, oh, my, hey, my Ian. Rumble rant got cut off earlier. Good job, guys. Clint, my parents think you sound like Howard Stern. Well, hey, that's fascinating. Luke, Luke, could you hold up my uh, book to, so Ian can see? Ian, I left a few of these books around the castle. Um, if you can find one, I think I put one on the bookshelf downstairs. So uh, I was, be sure to check it out. Thanks. I wonder if he means tonally. Does my voice sound like Howard Stern? In which case, that's fucking great because he's like the most successful radio guy of all time. So I'll take it. Or, or maybe he, you know, he's talking about how uh, effeminate um, <laughs> Howard Stern is and, and how much of a soy boy he is right now. Like, he could be shots fired I, by I, Ian Crossland. I think, I think it was a compliment by his parents. Ian's a pretty nice guy. He's not mean like Luke. I, hey, I, I call it like I see it. I'll just, I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it at that. As I'm, I'm as I have to endure horrible images of uh, Madonna right now that Dude, are she is absolutely blasted. crazy. But there's also another meeting to, of course, uh, Madonna. There's, there's a lot of kind of occult uh, symbolism almost everywhere you look specifically. Where have you seen the most kind of obvious, what's the biggest kind of um, occult numerology in your face moment that made you go, holy shit, this is, um, this is too obvious? Well, as you know, you had Gary on recently, uh, Gary Greenberg of GG33. He said, you know, when he got interested in numerology was because of 9-11 and just the, the, the fact that it was on that date. But um, I guess the biggest in-your-face, um, you know, numerology, like why I think it has, um, you know, relevance or legitimacy. Um, let's see. I mean, there's I was going to bring this up um, Nikola Tesla, obviously the inventor of, you know, AC power, uh, radio, remote control, which he, you know, his inventions get taken and, and um, credit gets taken and given to other people for him. But he was obsessed with numbers. He was obsessed specifically with 369. Um, isn't that, isn't, isn't that a rap, isn't that a rap song? 369. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm from Miami. It's coming out. Uh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure uh, Tesla would have loved that song. But he'd do things like he would circle his building three times before going inside. The Fibonacci inside. code. Sequence. Um, Sequence. Uh, is, is that the same thing? I think <laughs> is that's... Is that the golden, is that geometry? The, the golden ratio um, and, and stuff Phi? like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, they're, they're all related to, to some degree. But, um, but yeah, that's, I mean, just the fact that Tesla, who was, um, you know, responsible for developing so many things... Um, that are useful and you know we have the evidence of you know these these numbers being important because of the inventions that we're using right now um and just to tie that to trump you know obviously uh nikola tesla when he died in um on the 33rd floor of the new yorker hotel which i'm sure he chose on purpose uh, yeah, um, tr trump's uncle who was a federal yeah. agent actually was the first one to mit be in, professor uh, yeah yeah mit FBI connected to it. intel mm -hmm. um was actually the first in in uh tesla's room and uh, a lot of people allege that a lot of secret technology from Tesla was actually taken away from him. Yeah, yeah, no, his, uh, yeah, uh, Dr. John Trump, uh, big, you know, it, it's, if you want to point to, like, some connections that, uh, you know, people don't usually think about with Trump, it's, yeah, his uncle, MIT professor, who got all of Tesla stuff. Well, I will say this definitively, I don't know anything about this numerology shit, I have no idea, but I will say for a fact, 
that Donald Trump's son is a Nephilim. If you look at this fucking kid, he's like seven foot five. It's horrifying. I, I think you're just trying to cover up the, the cover up the fact that you're the Nephilim out here. <laughs> uh, check out check out the book about Baron Trump, by the way. <laughs> Baron Trump's marvelous underground journey. Um, I've heard a, about that. Yeah, there's another there's another book by the same author called The Last President. Yeah. Highly recommend reading those. There's and some, it's like time travel. A lot, a lot of people think that Trump's a time traveler. And I'm like, at this point, anything's possible. Hey, hey, his uncle did take Tesla's uh, technology. So who the fuck knows at, at this point? <laughs> of so course, well. we have this article here by the BBC titled, Who is Donald Trump's brilliant genius nuclear uncle John? And then we have a picture of him with uh, what looks like a high-voltage energy device as he allegedly was a pioneer in this. He was connected to the government. He was connected to MIT. Does Donald Trump's power rely because of his very powerful, powerful federally connected uncle? Yeah, I want to I connect this because, um, you know, we we're talking about predictive programming and stuff before. And, of course, the military and government's interaction with movies, the... Uh, the Marvel series, um, the uh, Iron Man, the first and first and second Iron Man were actually made in conjunction with the military. They had a huge amount of input in those first two movies. And it was right after, I believe it was right after um, Barack, uh, good old Barack, re-legalized um, uh, propaganda, propaganda to the American people. But actually, it might have been a bit before. But regardless, they had a lot of intera- or, uh, involvement in those movies. What's interesting about um, Avengers Endgame is in the movie universe, it takes place in the year 2023. And it involves time travel. Hmm. Um, but uh, I guess to, to tie this back to you know, what my overall view of the situation that we have right now is I think a lot of, you know, we've been talking about all these movies and these different events, the pandemic being predictively programmed the civil unrest with civil war, cyber attack, what all these things I think is... The purge as well. Well, exactly. That was a big one. So purge and actually you think of how much purge affected the psyche of the BLM rioters during the pandemic. There's two things. One, the purge, you'd put on a mask and then go commit crime with no consequences. It's literally what happened in the pandemic is you had people going in mass. And what's also interesting is Jared... Jared Kushner hired the PR guy from the Purge movies onto the White House staff. Oh, that doesn't make me happy. Jared. And, yeah, J- no, Jared Kushner is big into the cult. He, he's an individual who also wants to live forever. His 666 Madison Avenue building also is shrouded in a lot of occult mystery as well. And he uses a lot of this stuff that a lot of people don't realize as well, as some people call him the real-life Slenderman. <laughs> and that what? guy that guy knows a lot more, and he's in this kind of spiritual world more than you think. Interesting. Well, hey, Jared Kushner... Open invite on the bestpoliticalshow.com. Come on. I highly doubt he's going to be on, but uh, everyone is invited. You got to shoot your shot, Playboy. We got another uh, Rumble rant from D-Town123 saying, Tomorrow War was a hit with the right. However, it's an allegory. The white monster dies when conservatives... Granddad apologizes for everything with woke daughter's potion. More vax and DEI throughout. I never saw Tomorrow War. Uh, have you guys? Do, does that line War? up? No, I've never seen, seen that. Uh, but I wanted to say thank you for all the uh, amazing human beings who uh, super chatted on mysuperchat.com, who sent Rumble Rants and Super Chats. Shouts out to Ian. He's going to be here in a little bit. We're going to be having a lot of really incredible guests coming into studio. I think this was our most viewed show. I think we had like 7,800 people. I think that's 
that's our record. We're going to beat it every single day as, of course, the numbers have been going up dramatically. The amount of views that we're getting here on this particular channel is absolutely stunning. It's absolutely amazing. And it's because of you actively watching, sharing, and subscribing to this particular channel. I am telling you guys, we are moving away from YouTube. We're close to, again, a million subscribers on YouTube. Fuck that. I don't want to be on fucking YouTube. I don't want to watch what I have to say. I don't want to self-censor myself. I don't want to go through this fucking bullshit where I can't express myself freely as a human being. I can on rumble.com. So if you get the chance, if you get the opportunity, download the app, click subscribe, sign up, put a dummy email, put a dummy phone number. But you guys being logged in, you guys being subscribed means a lot to us. Plus, once we hit 100K... Clint Russell <laughs> is getting tasered very extensively, very seriously. He's getting hit hard. 100K, we're almost there. 200K, I'll get tasered. I think that's a, I think that's a fair deal to, to make here. 100K, Clint, he's going to get it. It's going to be awesome. And it's the whole show, two hours, is just going to be him getting tasered for two hours. I am absolutely what? calling in sick that day. I'll find you. I, 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 you know, I have, I've been training for this particular moment for a very long time. You know this, Clint. Yes, he does. He trains weekly. It's fucking I, horrifying. I, I train weekly, literally. So uh, 7,800 viewers. Let's get everyone subscribed here. Sign up. It's going to be entertaining. 100K, we're tasering. Clint, 200K, I'm getting tasered. 300K, we're tasering. Uh, Stephanie. Stephanie. Atlas. No. <laughs> Atlas does, at, at, does at a million, not. At a million, Tim Pool gets tasered. That's how it goes. Without permission. Uh, <laughs> without uh, consent. Yeah. So, uh, I just wanted to say, we got 7,800 of you beautiful, beautiful human beings out there. I want you to pick up your phone right now, and I want you to go to your favorite podcast app, and I want you to enter in the best political show, and then hit subscribe. While you're there, also type in Liberty Lockdown, subscribe, type in Tower Game, subscribe. Just do it. Just do it. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Drew, if people want to check out more of your work, where can uh, they they see the work? Stephanie, you do the buttons. It's uh, the buttons. I'm on X at Drew Tang Reborn, D-R-U-T-A-N-G-R-E-B-O-R-N. Steph? You can find me on Instagram, Steph We Are Change, or uh, Twitter at StephWRZ. Subscribe now. What are you doing? Thebestpoliticalshow.com. See you there. We're going to have a lot more coming here your way. I love you guys. Stay tuned for more.